liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Today on Liberty Lockdown, we are doing a special double dip episode. This is a truck of palooza, a truck stravaganza, the Freedom Convoy double feature, if you will. First up, we have Dustin Greenwood, who is a block leader in Ottawa. Yeah, really. He has been there for a dozen days straight, sleeping in his F-150. He basically runs security for a single road that has been shut down in the city of Ottawa and as you may or may not be aware as of midnight tonight they are essentially threatening to strip them of their CDLs which is their commercial driver's license and fine them and potentially imprison them for up up to a year so Trudeau is not messing around but neither are these guys as you're gonna find out I am telling you you're gonna be blown away by this conversation the, the red pills that are in the Canadian trucking community are plentiful. I am, I tear up about halfway through this interview as he walks the street and you get to see just the love, just the love and the passion everywhere. Just absolutely incredible. And then secondarily, we're going to have on the great Reed Coverdale of the naturalist capitalist who is also a trucker in America, and we talk about the trucking situation and the potential for another shutdown or a protest in America. Before we get into the show, I want to briefly thank our sponsor for tonight. It is privacypost.io. Privacypost.io is a privacy by default virtual mail and business center designed for the location independent expat and international entrepreneur seeking financial freedom. Services include virtual mail, a professional business address, privacy trust services, company formation, Portugal D7 residency, and virtual domicile in the privacy respecting and income tax free state of South Dakota. Goodness gracious, doesn't that sound nice? PrivacyPost.io protects you from third parties, overreaching government agencies, and complicit cloud platforms invading your private, personal, and business information. Privacy is freedom of association, expression, commerce, and mobility, and it also happens to be the theme of tonight's show. PrivacyPost.io is your partner in freedom. Go to www.PrivacyPost.io for more information. Support the companies that support the shows that you love because goodness gracious after that ESG episode it's going to be hard to come by some sponsors let's get into the episode welcome everybody to Liberty Lockdown tonight I have a very special guest a man who is actually putting in the work for Liberty Dustin Greenwood thank you for coming on man go ahead and tell people where you're at and what you've been doing so I am uh, now a permanent resident of uh, Kent and uh, Laurier which is Laurier runs east and west about six blocks away from Parliament. Um, and uh, we've been here since the beginning. Like at the beginning, there was uh, obviously like everybody came in. Logistics was a nightmare. Cars were parked all over the place. Um, you know, it was just uh, it was crazy. But um, 
police had the police had like once the original convoy rolled up on Wellington, which is directly in front of Parliament, um, and uh, and uh, Albert Street, the police had put barricades in. So they basically, with concrete barricades and tractors, they've locked like all the transport trucks and the stages and stuff like into Parliament, um, and then uh, they've separated like from people getting into there. But on the outskirts of that, you have like um, Albert Street and Queen, or like from Albert Street, you have Queen Street, and then you have um, Slater, and then you have Laurier, which is where I'm located. And then there's all the legs of east, like north and south, um, basically. So it gets pretty, pretty packed. Um, a big thing I, that they have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, how did this come to pass? How did you get involved with it? Are you a trucker yourself or? Or did you just volunteer because you supported the cause? Believe it or not, I came down here. We packed for two days. Um, I got down here and people literally came up to my truck and were like handing out cards. We love the truckers. Like, please don't leave. You stand for our freedom. Uh, you know, as far as like even donations on like friends, I, I have automatic direct deposit on my account. Like, so I was doing live feeds on my Facebook they're seeing all like the these people that are supporters that aren't even really with the convoy, but like they call them trucks on four wheels, which are basically people that just came like me, who ended up. It's just the most important thing in the world. Like, and I have two small kids. I left at home. My mom was watching them, um, and I called, and like she's like, "You you can't come home. Like it's it's too important. Even my kids are like I miss you, but like I'm like, would well, you want me to come? Like I know you have to. Um, you have to stay." And uh, you have to see this through. And with every passing thing that the government has thrown at you, like they were taking jerry cans of fuel. They made it illegal to bring supplies to us. It's, a, it's currently illegal to bring a trucker a sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, so with every passing law they did and every time the mainstream media tried to slander us, we have literally doubled down on the opposite narrative. Like they said, we took food from the homeless on every block. There is a tent with supply tables to feed the homeless. Like homeless have been clothed. I had a homeless guy out my truck today. He's like this whole snowsuit. You guys gave it to me. You guys gave me a sleeping bag. He's like, dude, he's like, since my house burned down, I woke up yesterday morning. He goes, I was sweating. He goes, that hasn't happened to me in five years. You know, I was like, it breaks your heart, dude. The, yeah. uh, it's uh well it 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 makes my heart man it the fact that you guys are doing this uh you know with the right ideas in mind and you're also doing it in a way that makes it basically impossible yeah. for the government to paint you as the villain despite their attempts to do so repeatedly it's really remarkable i, I can't tell you how how much the americans uh down here support what you guys are up to as a, as a block captain watch hey hey you need in here i'll let you in I'll radio no, him. Two boxes. Two boxes? Two boxes? Okay. You want to go put them in the trailers? Yeah, we're them in okay. The People coming by um, still. I had a guy come up here and he's like, hey, I want to give you, like, you know, a, a guy from Toronto just came up to my truck. He gave me uh, 150 bucks. He goes, I want you to give it to the people who have been here spending their own money or whatever. I said, okay. I said, tell you what, how about you do it yourself? I said, these guys over here that have been helping me, they've been here 12 days too. These guys are running out of money. They've been here too. I said, you go give it to themselves. He goes, you know what? You, you give that money to other people. I'm going to go take care of those guys. He went over, gave them each $50, gave me 150 bucks to give other people. Like, uh, 
it's it's absolutely the generosity of the people and the coming back to humanity and watching people help each other and be there for each other and support each other is absolutely incredible. Um, it is. And being on the right side of history, and like I said to a lot of people, every every constitutional right you have in America came from a revolution. Every chartered right we have that came in Canada came from a revolution. It came from a group of people that told the people, enough is enough. Right. And I said, and you are part of, first of all, I was part of the biggest convoy in human history. Second of all, I'm about to be part of the longest protest in human history. I said, and third of all, I'm going to be part of the biggest revolution in human history that is not just against one government, but against a world elite governments that are trying to take over the entire world with a social credit system. I said, and it is not going to stop. And these will, they will not, these, no one is leaving. We are not moving. We are not going home. So these people will like, this is not over. Thank you very much, brother. We love you. eh? God bless. Thank you, buddy, for everything you guys do. Without you guys, we're nothing. Um, and even the city of Ottawa and the citizens of Ottawa, like at first they were told, like Trudeau's like, oh, don't open your shops. Don't do this. Don't st- avoid the downtown. And like even they took all the garbage cans off the street and said we would mess up the city. There's a garbage bag on every street. I just got uh, from headquarters. I just got a message. They want designated garbage pickup. There's a garbage bag on every single bike rack in the city. My guys sweep the sidewalks in the morning. Like uh, everything they say we are, we double down on the narrative. They say that you're doing this. We're going to double down on that. We're not going to let them think that we're doing anything wrong. And we're in the biggest revolution and we didn't do it with guns or bloodshed. We did it with honking horns, loud music and hugs and happiness. And uh, it's uh, it, I tell tell people like, so a month and a half before this, people like, oh, why don't you go home? Don't you got to work? I said, look, it, a month and a half ago, I was talking to an immigration lawyer for me and my wife. So I could go to what I figured was about to be the last free place on earth. You know, I was a fourth generation Canadian. My grandfather fought in World War II. I'm very proud and patriotic. You know, I said, but I was embarrassed of rolling over and just letting it happen. And I thought with Omicron, pandemic is over. Like the statistically, scientifically, it's over. And for our government doubled down. And um, I was like, we got to leave. I asked my kids, I said, if you had to leave everything we ever had or get a vaccination that you don't feel you need, what do you want to do? They said, if it comes down to what we want to leave. So when this happened, like I sat around for two years going, well, what are you going to do by yourself? So when this happened, I was like, I got to be a part of it. And then when I came here, it's like, I just got to see it. It's too important. Like, you know what I mean? It's not just important for this country. It's important to every country. And you don't violent you don't have to whatever you can uh, kill them with kindness and you can let them know the government doesn't make any money everything they have they take you know they work for you and when the one thing that stuck out is when Trudeau gave a press conference and he said that we were a fringe minority with unacceptable views and I said you know what I paid sixty thousand dollars in taxes last year between me and my wife my views are more than acceptable this guy <laughs> job in his life he's never put on a work boots you know what i mean i'm like i pay your salary bro like you don't yep. talk to me like that and you really 
don't understand that these are the people that run your country. Although the high density areas in the Canada, like Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, BC, they're highly liberal, high density areas, and they get stuck in this echo chamber. But on the large, vast majority of Canada is a conservative background with like blue collared guys. But the Electoral College, there's so many ridings in those places that like Trudeau, dude, he didn't win the popular vote. He says he stands with most Canadians. He doesn't. 90% of the people I know got vaccinated. 70% of those people did it for non-medical related reasons. And I'm not anti-vax. We're not anti-whatever. Nobody here is going to take your jab from you. We don't want to do that. We want to protect the vulnerable. We want to protect people. Like, that's why we have this organized. I'll take you for a walk and I will show you the organization that goes into it. To make sure the citizens of Ottawa are safe and the people are safe. I've told every cop I talk to, I love my service, any first responders. People that run into burning buildings while other people that run out are heroes. And they should be heroes. But this guy supports play people that want to defund and murder the police but you call me a fringe minority and say my views are unacceptable but you stand with them but i'm a terrorist and i like bro it's so backwards and we're not going to stop until people wake up like this isn't just a, a thing about the government or even the mandate this is the, the convoy will not give global news or city tv an interview they will not give them one they go to rebel news newsmax well, Winnipeg Alternative, big shout out to those guys. Shout out to any, you, you know, people that get the truth out there that aren't like biased and just whatever. Like we need independent journalism. And even yep. Trudeau's trying to pass a bill that says you can't do what you do without having a license from the federal government. Right. And it's like, once you lose your freedom of press, oh, bro, we're in trouble, right? Well, let me know. Well, I mean, so I'm a block captain and I'll show well, you. Well, yeah, real quick. Uh, let me just say, um, you know, what you guys are doing is so unbelievably important. And I, you know, the fact that you've dedicated 12 days of your life and, and God knows how many more days you're going to be there. Uh, you know, yeah. we're, I'm not even religious and I'm praying for you guys. I, I really, I think that, that you are the front lines of a movement for liberty. I mean, liberation more or less. And, and what's remarkable is that it really applies to the entire world. It's not just about, Canada or Canadians or those that don't want to get the jab in Canada. It's about standing up for liberty for all of us. And I, I tweeted out last night, I'll never forgive myself for letting the Canadians out American us. Uh, but I, but I mean it, man, I, I, you guys have, and, and it's really powerful. I mean, what you're doing, the, the courage with which you're doing it, the fact that they are labeling you, you know, the same things that they tried labeling many of us a year ago uh, when we pushed back on what we thought was corruption well, now it's coming for you guys. And fortunately for the Canadians, the Americans, by and large, understand that these labels are empty. They are meaningless. You're you're not the fringe. If if standing up for liberty is fringe, well, then consider us all fringe because fuck these yeah. people. I'm going to stand up right alongside you, man. So I really appreciate it. Anyways, go ahead and tell me about how what a block captain does and, and what your duties are so that people understand kind of the inner workings. Cause the way you were describing it to me earlier was mind blowing how efficient yeah. everything seems to be moving. So I have like, we do shift work on my thing. Like I, the guys that are in my immediate, they've been here for whatever. And like, we have built a trust together that is like no other. So we take turns sleeping. We take turns patrolling. Antifa like people. Dude, these guys have thought of everything. There's a hotline for Antifa type of people. Don't engage. Videotape. Call them out. Megaphones. Everybody with your cameras. 
there's a number to call to have it investigated, to have it vetted by the people, the proper people or whatever. Um, even if any police, if you get arrested or if whatever, like sit down, single candidate, don't resist, don't whatever. They have people that'll deal with that. There's a team, like there's numbers for traffic tickets. If you, if you, there's a, there's a, a thing in the city, it's called adopted trucker. People in the city of Ottawa have donated their things. They got laundry service, showers. Like I said, guy just dropped off a box, clean socks. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like dude, even like anything from toothpaste to aspirin to toiletries to whatever, you name it, dude, it's here. And, um, it's incredible. Like, and if, and as a block captain, like these guys can't get bombarded with 10,000 phone calls a day. So they want to deal with like 25 people. So the 25 people that make sure that this, the infrastructure is clear, nobody is blocking EMT can get through fire trucks. If they have to supply people, people aren't getting locked in and barricaded in so that everything runs smoothly. Like we have an influx of traffic on the weekends. People want to come down, see the convoy, see the guys that are locked in. You know what I mean? Like see the big rigs, like people are signing the rigs and the riggers, whatever. So it's important that for the safety of the citizens of Ottawa, because our beef is not with the citizens of Ottawa or the mayor of Ottawa. Every police officer, I told him, like our beef is not with you. Our beef is with the people up on the hill. I'm sorry that it might be an inconvenience. We'll try to do whatever we can. Like we've stopped with the honking. That was a big thing. Like it was, uh, it was pretty loud for a week. I found people <laughs> losing their minds. I had people come up. We haven't slept in days. I'm like, bro, I'm living in a truck. What do you want me to do? Right. Like, <laughs> You're like, I, I haven't I, slept much either, bro. Just so you know, whatever, get over it. Well, I can't work, dude. I lost like so many people here lost their jobs too. They're like, all oh, these truckers are going to go home. I'm like, I'm pretty sure everybody's got next week off. You know what I mean? Like Trudeau made that possible. So, um yeah but uh so i'll put somebody in charge of my truck right now i have a walkie talkie here and okay. my walkie talkie at the beginning of kent laurier goes to the guy at the end where he's like you probably can't see him i'll take you down there but he is the block captain and he is watching half a slater so the way that it works is that my parking spots are full this is a, a four-lane road I have two jam solid bumper to bumper on one side, one jam solid on the other side, with the exception of a food tent that's set up in a spot that I can't fill because there's a fire hydrant and I don't want to be that guy. So we got to have access to that. And then anybody who comes down the street with their signs, I just tell them, you know, Slater, there's like ambulances coming. They might turn down here. I back my truck up. The lane opens up. If we got like that guy had to drop off supplies, I let him in. If people want in and out, they, you know, once you go in and you park in there, you got to give your number to either me or the other guy. I'll put you on a mass text message so that I can be in contact with you guys. If you guys need anything, if you need gas, you need food, you need water, you need socks, laundry, shower, you, you get a ticket, you have a problem, you see anything suspicious, you get assaulted, anything happens to you and you're not safe in Ottawa, you call me, I'll, I will get somebody that will take care of you, right? Right. Um, so and that has is, has the give send go funds trickled down to you guys yet? I think Saki, like it's an American-based company who originally said the, the the federal government in Canada has no jurisdiction, but last I heard, it was seized by the other side. So I think wow. their go got squashed by our government because it's Canadian or whatever they have jurisdiction, right. and then that and I believe they're in the works of either setting up some denomination of like a crypto fundraiser, which right. is not. 
don't and have fun tracking for every and it doesn't matter anyway the, the 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 donations that come in even beside of that and then the general community taking care of people and honestly like me everything i've been given to me i've given away because i didn't come here and i'm fortunate enough to be in a position where i don't need the money and i came here to support the truckers not be supported by the truckers yet they right. still find a way to support us you know what i mean and i'm like dude how big are your guys you're here saving the world and you're feeding me sandwiches. I feel bad. I'm like, take my money. <laughs> so, uh, hey, you're, you're, you're saving the world too, Ben, just so you know. Yeah, but I came here because these guys gave me hope too. And right. when you have hope and you realize that dude, this is not small and people go, what are you going to do if it's shut down? I said, like, you don't, people don't understand. Half of the convoy didn't even get in. The police barricaded the Quebec border. Half of them are stuck on the other side of Quebec, out in farmers' fields and all over the place. Half of wow. them, are, the Eastern Convoy, stuck. There's so many people. Look what's going on at the border. They took all the Ontario border. They like they took Sarnia. They took Kooks in Alberta. They took this. I'm like, if they come through with rubber bullets and tear gas on families and children for being in bouncy castles and doing their and having a, a peaceful protest where nobody's being violent. What do you think is going to happen in 24 hours after that? Like, honestly, this will not end. Like they said, this will end when the mandates are lifted or Justin Trudeau resigns. Not before, not after, like whatever. Like this is, they're not right. moving. No one's going home. Is, is, that a, is that a real danger that they move in on you guys with tear gas and rubber bullets and all that? It's a constant thing. But like, honestly, like I said, it's a bad, if you were playing a game of chess and you really, really wanted to take out the brook, what, you're sacrificing, like, dude, the next move, you're getting crushed over again. What are you going to do? Like, the amount of people he made mad with that press conference when he talked to us like we were, like, you know, we're his servants. It's like when Biden came out and said, you know, oh, I've lost my patience. Dude, don't, you don't talk to people like that. You're not my granddad. Like, you don't say that to people you work for the people you know what i mean like you're Absolutely. you forget who you work for like, well, they, you know they didn't I mean? have it they didn't lose their patience when it came to uh blm riots in america for many many months so they if they're going to lose their patience with us now uh well now you're going to have to listen to us sorry and and yeah. ultimately this you guys have so much leverage i don't think that people understand like the the supply lines the trucking convoy like you don't you don't betray and get rid of the trucking industry and you can't really nationalize it either. Cause what are you going to do? You're going to put, you're going to seize it all and then have the military come in when I'm sure there's tremendous support from the military and the police or am I wrong? Well, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but even still mathematically, when I look at it, I'm like, this would be a logistical nightmare. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you can't even move these trucks. Like you literally, there's a couple trucks here. You would literally have to get choppers to move them out. They have booms on the ground and no keys in them. You couldn't even tow it if you had a tow truck that could tow a Mack truck. <laughs> they're not going home. And right. there's nothing you can do about it. And they're not even breaking the law. Right. I'm like, so literally, if you wanted to come through and do that, and even if you push your narrative, it's just going to get even, it's, it's not going to fix anything. You have no choice but to listen to us. Right. And for the first time, and this is not the truckers' battle to lose. The truckers have already won. They just got to figure it out. And it's like, it's over. 
in Canada, like they just don't know it's over or they're just pretending like it's not, but they don't even understand. It's like the longer you hold the narrative and push the lies, the more you're going to lose. You're losing all credibility. If you would just go, okay, screw it, fold your hand to cards, but yeah, keep bluffing, keep throwing your chips in the pot. Like, go ahead, man, <laughs> carry yourself. Like it's political suicide. And, it is, uh, man. Is that is that ultimately what you guys hope to see happen? Is have Trudeau step down, or would you take something short of that? No, they they, they don't understand. That's what under people don't understand like proper English. That they were very clear from the beginning: all mandates or Trudeau resigns. Okay, like and it's non-compromisable. And you right. know, I'll walk down here. We'll go walk by people. They'll, you'll hear it. We're not going anywhere. We are not leaving and more are coming. You don't understand. <laughs> like, and we're not breaking the law. Like there's well, nothing. The, the only, the only reason I, I asked again is because, you know, we get, we get our own reporting, but I, I just want to clarify with someone who's on the ground, who knows what the demands are. Um, so it's important that people understand it's either lift all the mandates or Trudeau steps down. And I think if Trudeau were to step down, that would obviously signal that all the mandates were being lifted, which God willing, that's what happens. But I honestly, like, and I'll tell you truthfully, I don't think this ends here. And the reason why is because it has sparked conversations of a lot of other things that are wrong in the world. These guys have shown the world by not talking to anybody. They're probably the biggest thing in news right now. And they refuse to talk to the mainstream. It's like Donald Trump just refusing to talk to CNN. You know what? You got to look at I'm not going to talk to you and beat it. They're like, well, you can't do that. Well, we just did. You're not welcome. <laughs> Everything you say is a lie. We're not going to have you hack it into pieces and make it look like we say something we didn't and right. go, go home. Like, and we'll talk to people who actually exercise free press. So um, that is the info wars is the next, like Malcolm X yeah. said, like he who controls the media is the almighty power. Like, you know, and the media has the ability to make a guilty man look innocent and an innocent man look guilty. And if you can do that, you hold all the cards. And for as long as I've been alive, the liberal governments have owned the media, pushed the narrative, and they own the story. And yep. I don't We're breaking think that right now, brother. That they they had, can't, like, they can't hold people, us down that much longer. More people are tuning out. They're losing it. Like CNN gets shunned off the streets here for or CTV for I like I talked to Bloomberg today, uh, like the guys from Bloomberg were down here and I gave him a bit of a, a not on camera interview um, and said, like, look at whatever. And you could I don't know if what side of the political spectrum that they were on, but it didn't really seem at first they liked what I had to say. So that leads me to like I don't read their stuff very much or whatever. But so I don't know if whatever but i'm like yeah you're not gonna find anything bad here and if you do you might find one guy who's a little bit louder you could really look for it but really dude it's nothing but free hugs and happiness there's bouncy castles we got ball hockey games down on wellington the kids are playing running tournaments it's a beautiful thing man everybody's just loving it and uh, i love it man yeah, it's beautiful hey so, let, let, let's uh, clarify real let's clarify real quick this has nothing to do with race, correct? <laughs> oh, honestly, it is the one thing that our country prides itself is on our diversity and our multiculturalism 
And it's like America. America is the, I can't stand it when I hear anybody talk about racism in America because I like, I get it that it's not always perfect, but at the same time, like, and in my heart, I even say like, if we become a socialist country in Canada and America falls to pieces, there's nowhere else in the world for anybody to go. At least you were the beacon of light for people who live in a socialist country to say one day, what if, I can get on a raft and go to America or go to Canada and seek right. refuge. If we lose it, it's over for the world. And uh, I can't let that happen as long as I'm alive. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, brother. Oh, you, sound, you sound like me. I don't know how I stumbled into meeting you, but I am thrilled. Anyways, oh, yeah, well, go I'll ahead and show us what's going on. Friend, I'll give him a shout out. My boy Dallas. Yeah. Um, Repping. Uh, but uh, Justin, can you man the gate? So, um, anyway, so I'll give you a walk around. This is, uh, so this is Laurier and Ken. <laughs> we love you. So, uh, anyway, my truck, hey, you like this one here on the side of my truck. Here, Justin, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. Okay. So look at this. <laughs> hey, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> so hey people love joe biden over here too so this is my infrastructure lane as you can see down the center we got a couple of people but then down here the rows of cars i have all of the information for all these people and then over here like you know we got the vans and we pack them in here about as tight as tight it can be bumper to bumper People at night sometimes, uh, like even they chain their cars together, chain the tires so that nobody can, even if you wanted to tow it, it'd be bad. Hey guys, say hi, say hi. Freedom. 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 Okay. <laughs> we got our boys in the Jeeps. We got our big rigs. Okay. Got some people over. Say hi, guys. Hey. hey. Freedom. Say freedom. You guys staying warm or what? This my buddy here, uh, rapping here, John. Been here since the beginning. All my friends, Eric. You guys all staying warm? Oh, yeah. You guys having fun or what? Are you enjoying, enjoying your freedom? Yeah. Freedom, loving it. Freedom. Right. So, and then uh, here, here, say hi, guys. Hey. hey. So, and like I said, this is six blocks away from Parliament. Like this isn't a part of. Like this is like. The nitty gritty of what makes this illegal. These is my this is my other guy in the walkie-talkie. We got these guys, um, great people. Um, they're uh, they come up. But look at the side of the thing. Thank you, freedom. God bless freedom convoy. God bless. Love is the only way. Nothing but love. Love is the only way. Sign me. You know. So, like I said, we got people signing cars, like, over the rights of freedom. How are you guys doing tonight? You guys having fun? Yeah. Stay safe? Yep. Freedom. All right. This, this is, so this guy is the doorman on the other side. Hey, as long as it's not an air horn, you can't go to jail for that. So, uh, yeah, they, they put a 10-day injunction on the air horns. So you can get a fine and go to jail and impounded if you blow an air horn. But yeah. uh, it doesn't count for regular horns. 
So these guys that are my other doormen, they are running all of these people down on Slater, which is the next street. So you can see, how you doing, buddy? You having fun? Freedom. So how you guys doing today? See, even the people in the cars from Ottawa with the masks in their car by themselves still understand. Like, we're here for everybody. So you can see over there the two lines going down Slater. They block them. And this is every length going north and south right across Parliament in the city of Ottawa. So this is the next block. All right? No vax pass. Honk for no man. How you guys doing? Freedom. So, and like heading towards Parliament, you can see we got an infrastructure lane going through. Woo! Have fun, guys. So, so the viewers, so the viewers understand. You guys have the infrastructure lane so that anybody who is well, emergency situation they can get in. As a guy like me, that takes and records all the people, make sure that no vehicles get abandoned. Abandoned means towed. You know, uh, we make sure that the people aren't going to get in trouble. The people of Ottawa are safe. The crime rate in Ottawa is down ninety percent. Like we don't, <laughs> we're on every single corner. The homeless people are fed. The garbage is all picked up. When it snows, we shovel the snow. Like, honestly, <laughs> the, the people that live in the downtown core, like, the, the city has never been so great. I get it that the noise was excessive at first. But, uh, honestly, even when talking with law enforcement and, like, uh, my, my heart goes out to anybody who's a service member. I, I told all the cops, no matter what happens, even if you got to rifle me into the pavement, when this is all over, I said, I love you guys. You know, I respect you guys. The, uh, they all do a service for, you know, for the people. Our problem is not with the people of Ottawa, the police of Ottawa, the mayor of Ottawa, or the police chief. Our problem is with the people in our government. And um, we apologize that we're here if we're an inconvenience to some people. But uh, like, I want to be here about as much as they want me to be here. But I also <laughs> want change. I want to go home. I miss my bed. I've been sleeping in my F-350 for 12 days. My back hurts. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like it's it, dude. It wasn't. It's not an easy thing to do, right? right? But these guys got it locked down over here. So this is a. I, I just got. I just got choked up. I just got choked up so bad watching oh, the, this man because I haven't seen any coverage of it. This was the most uplifting thing I've I've witnessed in my life. No, like so this street, like even. When, it, when the streets get clogged up, my guys come out of the car, we direct traffic, we make sure that everything goes smooth. But these guys, four things, same thing, we have an infrastructure lane. The They granted us the access where these people are walking, actually, right? Is the infrastructure lane on this side, but here's the rigs, like, they have it. And the same yeah. thing. Good luck getting past that. What, what's that? <laughs> I said, good luck getting past those. If they don't want to move, they ain't moving. I'll, I'll show you this one one guy that I'm talking about. And the thing about a rig is there's a, something with the air horns. That you, or not the air, but the air brakes. Where if you take out the air brakes, you can't move the vehicle. Like, you literally have to drag them. Look at the boom. So that's the boom on the truck. It goes yeah. down to the ground. You can't pick the nose of that truck up. He's not <laughs> leaving. Like, more are coming. Hey, we're not leaving. We're not leaving. We're, not leaving. we're here to stay. More are coming. Yeah. yeah. yeah bro, it's not like 
there's look at this goes 10 street goes for 10 lengths past where i am right down into the city like it's logistically even if you had thousands of cops thousands like even if like i don't even know how first of all even if you arrested everybody threw them in cages and put them in an arena you'd still have to get rid of the vehicles there's a good chance that by the time i get out my truck is still going to be sitting right <laughs> right there like because honestly i don't understand how like and i talk to the cops i'm like i get it and even the thing about it is is that the police aren't always your enemy like the police dude uh where i come from which is georgina thank you thanks buddy awesome i appreciate it yeah i warm up for a second let's go trudeau um, but the thing about it is like and even when i talk to the officers that in georgina like i play hockey in toronto i'm from like north of toronto and I play yeah. hockey with a lot. Of, like, there's three Toronto Police Department officers on my team. When I coached hockey, one of my assistant coaches was RCMP. The other assistant coach was uh, a chief of police in the Mississauga, or a chief of uh, fire department in Mississauga. Like, I have a strong passion for my vets and anybody who is, a, you know, like first responders in general. To me, it's a thankless job. They don't get enough credit. And I love them all and thank them for their service. So there's no animosity between me and any of the police for anything they do. Their job is to keep the city safe. And we're trying to assist with that. You know what I mean? And um, even if it comes to tickets or whatever, like, dude, just do whatever. I understand you're doing your job, right? But um, have there have there been any cops or, or that have, you know, turned um, turned lines and, and stood with you guys? They're they're not allowed to at first like there was a couple and then went viral and they're like like you'll talk to them like yeah we can't shake your hand there's too many cameras like you know what i mean i'm like ah give me an elbow bump then or whatever right like uh, something ah, yeah whatever so um but like i coached some of these guys kids you know what i mean like they took that from me i i i i, I coached along these guys i used to play hockey with these guys a lot of these guys were forced when like toronto union police came out and said no at the beginning and when they did it like i know a lot of guys i'm like are you really gonna get it and they're like dude like i, I it's an eight thousand dollar job 12 years on the force i got kids like i can't not i think the biggest problem the country made was when that when trudeau went after the federal workers and the healthcare workers the whole country should have said you know what we're not letting you do that but unfortunately they picked it apart so well they took it province by province trade by trade and the main regular person goes well it doesn't really affect me yet you know and the problem is is that standing up for even though you know it's wrong and like we did this and people we support truckers and people go what about healthcare workers i'm like yeah well we still support them too like you know what i mean they're like well you didn't do this for them and it's like and that's unfortunate you're absolutely yeah. right the whole country should have stopped the second that somebody mandates medical treatment over your bodily autonomy, the whole country should have stood up and said, that is unconstitutional. It's highly illegal on so many levels. Yeah. I can't believe half of these guys aren't in prison. And if they're it's not- a violation yeah, of the Nuremberg Code to, to uh, coerce medical treatment. I mean, it's crazy. They're going to jail. And if they don't, they, they, they I don't know why or how, but right. they should. But um, 
And if anything, if I go to jail, whatever, I guess so. Maybe, maybe I will now because of this podcast. <laughs> but well, if if that happens, let me know, man. I will do whatever, or, or I'll have your buddy who put us in touch let me know so I can try and raise funds to get you out. Because I really, I really appreciate what you're doing. It like I haven't been able to get any real other than like Viva Fry and a handful of others. It's very tough to get a real handle on what's actually happening on the ground there. So this has been very informative. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries, man. Like I said, our goal is to keep it legal, peaceful, happy, and friendly. Everybody is on the same page and knows what to do if they spot any trouble or if there is any trouble. Because the last thing you want to do is be the guy who is responsible for for this being shut down or doing something actually wrong. So it's a pretty common knowledge here. And like I said, on the dude, it's so good to go down Parliament Hill. Maybe if you want to talk to me in a day or two. Um, yeah. Uh, like even my kids are coming here, dude. Today, my uncle, their uncle, is bringing them here at ten o'clock, and I haven't seen them in fourteen days. I managed oh to God. squeeze them in the hotel room, so they're not going to sleep in the truck. But <laughs> uh, so I did manage to get them hotel room, and my wife's going to take them and see Parliament, so they can be part of everything. Um, but uh, so super stoked about that, and um, I want to be on the right side of history. Yeah. You know, well, you yeah. are, man. You absolutely. You're on the front lines of the right side of history. That is a special place to be. Uh, how how many people are are down there? I, I've never got a real hand. Do you have any idea? Well, the like, first weekend it was estimated at about 1.4 million. The second weekend it was estimated at about just over two. So, <laughs> like, it's not a small. And I and it's only it's Friday night at 9:30. Like my block is full. And I don't leave my truck. Like, I'm not here for the party. You know what I mean? I don't smoke pot. I don't barely drink. I sit here and I make sure that, like, you know what I mean? It's become, I was talking to the cops today. They're like, you know, the guys were doing their third rounds from Georgina. So on the weekends, a bunch of cops flood in. And basically to keep everything peaceful or whatever, or they have to. So increased population means increased police presence. And the cops are like, oh, yeah, Dustin, you're still here, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I was, yeah. And they're like, man, whatever. And um, it's uh, like they know me on a first-name basis. And uh, like, and I told them, I'm like, yo, my kids are coming. They're like, it's uh, like, it's it, it's pretty special. Like, And they know that, like, you're not breaking the law, dude. This is my, this is my right to come here and peacefully say no to my government. And no matter how much he digs his heels in and tries to take that right away, we're not doing anything wrong except which is our constitutional right, like our charter of rights. So, but the guy's been wiping his butt with our charter of rights since he's been in office. And as soon as they dropped the emergency authorization act or whatever, he's basically just blown it out the window. So why not now again, right? But if uh, if you want to do one down where I can actually take you, I can get somebody to man the trucks. And if you if you get time, or I don't know what you're doing, but uh, well, I, I'm actually I'm headed to a, a convention in Mexico uh, in two days. So if if you want to do it uh, tomorrow, we can do it tomorrow. Otherwise, I'll be out of town. So what do you think? Yeah, no, dude. Let me know. Uh, let me know what time I have a, a meeting with the people who advise me on next events what we're going to do if there was any problems any tweaks we could make to make it fun safer better and right. uh and we'll go through that stuff and then uh is there is there military vets that are involved in this because the the level of coordination it just seems so 
incredible that this happened organically and that these people are capable of doing it in such a professional, safe way. We have support from everybody. Elon Musk tried to give him 50 grand over, over GoFundMe. Like, honestly, 69,420 to be specific. The fringe minority <laughs> does not like the fringe minority of people are not the only people that are against the social credit system. The majority of the world should be terrified of a social credit system. Like that, the government overreach is a serious problem and it needs to be not, it doesn't even need to be stopped. It needs to be pushed back. Right. You know, in like, you need not just restore our rights. You need to give us more rights than we even had before, but you need to go back to the way it was before and then make it better. Like you are you know, my people. You are yeah. my people, man. Well, dude, like, <laughs> we're the true North strong and what? Free, right? <laughs> Freedom. So, Let's go. Let's we, go. We love you guys down there, buddy, too. I've been repping a U.S. flag out of the back of my truck. My boy John's walking up and down the streets with it right now. And people are like, why the states? I'm like, dude, they're our biggest allies. Like, they're uh, like, I'm an admirer of the patriotism. I'm like, you need if you don't serve and you're in the U.S., like, you're not even a real citizen. I'm like, these boys are patriots, right? Like, <laughs> and uh, I'm a very proud Canadian, but. I watch just as much. Your politics are way more interesting than mine. So, like, I watch all of. I, I'm a, I'm a. I, I overstudy everything. You know what I mean? Like, once I get involved with something, I'm a very dangerous person because, like, I'm a. I just I'll fact check the shit out of you. you know? <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, man, no uh, repping all you guys too. I heard there was convoys and stuff. Uh, I heard you guys might be having border issues as well. And like I said, dude, it reversed all mandates. This is not just a lesson. Biden started pulling things just because he saw it coming. He's like, oh. you can't do that. Yank them, yank them quick. The truckers are coming. And he <laughs> don't say that, but they are coming. And I said is- that I said that just last night. Uh, I had Reed Coverdale on, who's an American trucker. And, and I was like, just what's happening in Canada is already getting like outdoor mask mandates and a bunch of other mandates lifted in blue cities and blue states all across the country it's incredible the power that you guys have it is really just breathtaking we were pre like half of our liberals are flipping mps are flipping on trudeau as we speak now and that's because they don't want to commit political suicide because the same and the same with your government like once the people wake up oh my god like it's uh when people start realizing that they have the strength to do whatever they want as long as they do it a certain way like, if, yeah, if you're a government who's pro-suppression, like, it would be a great time to be like, oh, just kidding, and you might be return. <laughs> but other than that, like, if you know, that we're not going to take it. So we, we might consider life in prison if you guys uh, realize the error of your ways as opposed to pushing us to our absolute limits. I Man, you're absolutely right. I Did, did you sense that this was coming for a while, uh, or was it kind of – like, was it a slow boiling thing or did it just kind of like snap over the past month? Like I said, I, it breaks my heart to say it, but I was leaving the country. I I was leaving my homeland that I grew born and raised, my children, five generations or more. I don't know. I don't go back that far. But right. like I was going to America, to either North Carolina, possibly Florida. But it's, I was warned, like I work outside. They're like, dude, it's too hot. And like, I get it that it seems like a good idea, but you like, no, you too hot to build (laughs) so um but i was like whatever texas has some cooler spots that fit my climate and like and whatever and i was like i didn't really care where but i was going to i got somebody i gotta tell they can't get in in a second 
you can't come in. Give, oh yeah, give me a second. Sorry. Um, but uh, just just out of curiosity, what 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 made them not able to get in? It's full. Oh, like, okay. Every every spot is accounted for. If somebody were to leave or whatever, sure, I'll let you in. But like, there's gotcha, no. Gotcha. Gotcha. I can't have you parking in an infrastructure lane that's in breach of federal law, and we don't want to break the law. So. You know, but, I mean, uh, this is you, you got to admit, this is pretty remarkable. You guys have basically replaced the government and all of its services in a matter of a few weeks. Like, how I, is this? Yeah, and that's absolutely and, better. So how, how the hell did this happen? <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, it's just so remarkable. It's weird. You just got to be smart. They got a team of lawyers that are anti-mandate. They do have a team of like there's the dude. How many ex military How many people do you know that got kicked out of the military? Do you a think lot. it was hard to find some ex military? How many how many OPP do you think or RCMP got kicked out of the police force? Sure. How many people, highly intelligent people that were career people, good patriotic people, yep. did you crap on that you didn't think was going to get on with this? Like they're out there and they would absolutely jump on board. With and not like we're not trying to screw the government. We just want our rights back. And they and they alienated they alienated the most patriotic, principled, you know, people with a backbone. That's who they really alienated because everyone else caved. So y'all are like the the last line of defense, but you're also the most meaningful one. Well, and like whatever, like they're very methodical, very legal, very whatever. Like every time the cops go, you got to leave because of this. They go. No, actually, we don't because of this. And oh, you got to do this because of this. So like, oh, you can't do this or you can't block that. Okay, we won't block that. So we don't block that. And then we make sure no one else comes and blocks that. And now I police the areas that they say that people can't park. So I'm like, so you guys don't even have to come back. Like my, the cops here come by my corner because they have to patrol, but they understand that I'm running it. And they understand that there won't be anybody parked there. And understand that, like that, it's going to be done proper, and it's going to be done legally, and it's and, and it's going to be done safely. So, Man. it's well, it's beautiful what you guys are doing. I I, I think that we should plan a, a round two tomorrow where we can see more of the party, if you don't mind. It's going to be live. You're going to have live music, dancing, a lot more interesting than the work part that I have to do. Like I yeah, well, this this is the part that it, it may not be as sexy, but this is probably the more important part. So I wanted people to understand the the inner workings of how this is actually playing out. So I really appreciate it. Oh, and everybody who does what I do understands, like, the guys that volunteer to do what I do didn't come here for the party and the parliament and the dancing and the and the whatever. They like they understand that this is a very very important global issue that we cannot let this fail like we cannot fail at this you know the world is watching and uh and the world is depending on you believe it or not it's uh it's super important and uh super proud to be a part of it and uh like people are like dude like oh whatever you should i'm like no i would never i had a buddy of mine i was doing a live he goes you look haggard like there's no harm in like coming home for a day i only live four hours away i'm like dude i would feel so bad if something happened or it got shut down when i wasn't here like i'm not true to i i said if this ship sinks buddy i'm not going to be kicking people off a raft i'll be playing the violin when it goes down <laughs> i said so you want to say hi to my wife no, well, oh. Just oh say hi to my wife sarah yeah hi. sarah I'm yeah. so proud of you guys. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. It's really incredible. Yeah, no, she is my better half. She, uh, 
she keeps me strong. She keeps me going, man. Uh, I, I love it. It's uh, It's been a long journey, and I'm sure like it's just going to get longer, but it's, uh, it's truly been a beautiful thing. When we rolled in here with the convoy on the first day, my wife cried the whole day. Like the, the happiness, the hope, and the inspiration, right? It was overwhelmingly, chokingly. A little girl comes up. You're my hero. I have a, a Facebook. Somebody sent me, uh, hold the line, Dustin. Thank you for fighting for my freedom. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my God, it would break your heart. I'm like, kid, I will not let you down. You know, it really brings tears to your eyes. It does. It's, uh, it's I'm telling one- you, the, the first the first two minutes that you were walking around the street and you were showing me all the trucks with the freedom signs and the American flags and Canadian flags, I welled up. I, I like because there's just this because the media has such a stranglehold on on the coverage of what's happening. Uh, to get to see it, to hear everyone, you know, cheering freedom and I love you. It yeah. was, uh, I, I needed this, man. I, this has been as uplifting as anything I've witnessed in a long time. We were here, like they had the one, uh, the convoy in the Netherlands, all wrapping the Canadian flag on the girls. Like there was uh, the, whatever it was, was it a march or just a, a rally in New York City today? And they all had the Canadian flags, F Trudeau. Like, and that's the same People like, like you know what I mean? Like, dude, we're we're brothers. Like, uh, like we're tra- right. trade partners. Like, I, you know what I mean? And uh, I, I love this state. So I'm very proud. Of, like, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, I said, I hold you guys a higher regard, and even still, like you're you're the big brother. You're the I, we're like the step brother. Like, but the big brother gets the bottom bunk usually, right? <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Well, you guys, you guys may have surpassed us in big brotherdom over the past month. I, I am thrilled with the efforts and and the courage that you guys have demonstrated i really really like from the bottom of my heart man i can't tell you how meaningful it is to the american people who have because we have federalism and we have the capacity to flee like i fled from california to florida just because i was still able to stay in america and kind of get away from these mandates you guys didn't really have that option and i think that's what forced your hand um and we probably should have done it too to be honest but the fact that you're doing it you have our undying support i'm t- i can't even tell you how how important what you're doing is for the future of liberty on the planet uh anyways i will reach out to you to schedule to check out the party zone tomorrow uh go ahead and tell people if they can support you if they can follow you anywhere go for it uh dude like i don't i'm not like like i'm not i just i know i, I know go to work and f- raise my kids and then die and just be left alone you know what i mean <laughs> Like, uh, I'm not a fame guy. Like, I'm, I'm on Facebook. I have, like, uh, I'm Dustin Greenwood at DTG Contracting on Twitter. I have, like, 11 followers. I barely use it. It's hard enough to keep track of Facebook. Like, I'm busy here from the time yeah. I wake up until the time, and I'm, like, trying. My wife's like, pay attention to me. I'm, like, trying to try <laughs> to do uh, whatever, right? Like, even still, my kids are coming. I'm going to get to see them, and she gets to walk them in Parliament. I will be here making sure that this thing will carry on as smooth and as humanly possible and uh and whatever man i i love you guys too what you guys do man keep pushing the real news keep you know keep your speech alive don't ever let anybody suppress your speech that i tell everybody i see walk around with a camera man like uh the world needs free press more than ever legacy media needs to be taught a lesson and censorship self-censorship even people who are afraid when 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 they called that an insurrection and our conservatives were getting fired for being at 2016 mega rallies 
I was like, oh my God, it's illegal to be a conservative now. And it's like, dude, you can't, once you silence the opposition, you don't have a democracy. When it's wrong to be on the right, then dude, there's nobody to straighten out. There's a reason there's an opposition. You know what? Keep everybody in check. I like, that's why I learned about the Senate. I learned about the filibuster. I learned about how it works and I learned about how you need to pass legislation. Like, dude, I'm, like I said, when it comes down, I was not, I never even voted. Up until two years ago, I never voted in an election, didn't care about politics, didn't watch news. I just work, work, raise my kids, coach my kids, you know, teach kids values and just wanted to be good to my neighbors good to my friends help anybody i can and just be left alone uh, like and uh they fucked with the people that wanted to be left alone that's yeah, a mistake oh man once the people wake up they like dude don't mess with the people that want to be left alone hey <laughs> I, I i was one of you man i was just working my mortgage company and then the lockdowns happened two years ago and i was like all right well no one's gonna stand up for us then i'll start to do it and hey, honestly buddy. if i if I was able to get into Canada, I'd be there with you right now. Oh, you guys are the heroes too. Dude, I feel so bad. Like I got some people that have minor criminal offenses that aren't as fortunate as me to get, get green cards. And I might need a lawyer's number because if this doesn't change and work and it fails and I get arrested, then there goes my green card. You know what I mean? So I'm like, whatever, right? Like, so well, Hey, we, we got no option, but to succeed. And to, I think, I really think that you're right, that it's inevitable that they will cave to, to your demands. You guys have all the power. All it requires is, is maintaining unity. And I think that you guys have the spirit to do it. So yeah, I'm, I'm a math guy. And like, I've thought about it on several different lengths. Like math is the one thing that separates me from a lot of my friends and, and people that, but I'm like, did the math on it. I'm like, there's no humanly possible way. And even still, it's a terrible strategy. You know how many people are going to get upset if you come in here and just start rifling people around that are peacefully singing national anthems? You're just going to beat the crap out of them and arrest them. It's like, it's not going to look good. No. <laughs> I mean, as long as we can get some coverage of it that's honest. Um, so no, they put they put scramblers on the poles and stuff. They're going to, if it ever came down to it, the Ottawa city will be blacked out. The only people that will have footage of this is going to be legacy media. And it'll be some guy freaking out because somebody roughed up his kids or something, right? Wow, the, yeah. Revolution will not be televised. But, you Interesting. Know, but yeah. we're also aware of that. And we've also been informed of that. And we also know that. And like I said, even if you did, if like, okay, everything goes black and the only thing you see is people overreacting because the military is here or people are here or whatever SWAT, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's not, uh, it's not going to be good because this isn't like, it might've started in Ottawa, but dude, it wouldn't end in Ottawa. Look at it. It's all, it's in the border. Last Saturday, there was a convoy in every major city in Canada across every capital city. I could send you the flyers. There was a Toronto rally, Calgary, Winnipeg. Like, dude, they, they absolutely ruined the entire country in a day. If you get rid of these guys, like, we're not the minority. Yeah. He won on a minority of votes because of the Electoral College. You don't, the majority, you don't stand with the majority of Canadians. Yep. You know well, I mean? and, and I'm sure he's lost many of his longtime supporters as their lives have been, you know, thrown upside down because of the COVID hysteria. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you have the numbers. I think you guys have the spirit, and ultimately, I think you have righteousness and God on your side. So I think that it it's inevitable you prevail. But 
Um, anything you guys need, please reach out. The Americans do want to support you however they can. And if give, send, go, go fund me, can't do it. We'll get a crypto fucking methodology so, to get you money. Uh, like we'll, we'll make it whatever, happen. Right? They're, they're talking about like federal investigations on people for e-transfers and bank account, people passing money around that were here or whatever. Like there was a lady who lady who had uh, OPP. There's it went viral on TikTok. She was standing there, like OBB went to her house for liking all the convoy posts. I saw. Yeah. Like, what is it illegal to give somebody a thumbs up these days? But uh, (laughs) honestly, I think like he's already lost. And I think it's just like how bad you want to hold on to your bluff. How many chips are you willing to push in to hold on? And how bad do you want to lose? Like the, the, the request was really easy. You either give us back all of our freedoms and reverse all these policies or you quit, right? But or nobody's going home. I want to well, go. That, I know, and I and it's I want a- you to go home, but I want you to go home with with some liberty uh, in your back pocket. So let's make sure it happens. Anyways, Dustin, I really appreciate the time, man. I'll uh, I'll catch it or I'll schedule with you to uh, check out the rest of this protest tomorrow. All right. Awesome. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks so much. Yeah. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you want to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com i uh obviously uh, this is i was you saw i i teared up i teared up from from seeing uh the the love the spirit the joy it's it's incredible it's incredible it might be the most beautiful thing i've said anyways i'm going to end this before i start crying again because it's just so goddamn awesome it's so awesome what's happening right now in canada and if it if it comes to it, say they they do, uh, you know, successfully end this protest in Canada somehow. I don't know how they could, but say they they figure out a way. Well, then America's up next. That's how I feel about it. You guys are not going to suppress us. We're not going to have social credit scores. We're not going to accept mandates of medical intervention. This isn't going down. Not as long as Dustin's here. Not as long as I'm here. Not as long as everybody in the comments right now is here like this is what we're standing on this is the hill love you guys we're up did i tell you or did i tell you goodness gracious dustin greenwood these people are savages that is one of my favorite interviews ever don't go anywhere we got the episode with reed coverdale coming up next make sure you go over to naturalist capitalist on youtube subscribe to his show he's also obviously on all the audio platforms so you can search that name there Uh, We have a great conversation. He and I are now getting to be probably best friends online, if that's a thing. And uh, we've—I've been on his show a bunch, and vice versa. So I'm sure many of you guys already know him. Uh, But before we get into that interview, let's give a quick shout out to our buddy Isaac Morehouse over at the Daily Job Hunt. Hey, Liberty Lockdown listeners, this is Isaac Morehouse, the CEO of Crash.co. You love freedom. I love freedom. You want more career opportunity, I want to help you get it. I want to help you live more free by seizing opportunities, whether you're actively job hunting or you're just looking to expand your future potential. Go to crash.co, sign up for free, completely free. You get the daily job hunt, which has over 50,000 subscribers now in your inbox every morning, plus a bunch of free member perks and benefits. Check it out, crash.co. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody, to a live stream edition of Liberty Lockdown. I have, once again, my lover from another mother, the great naturalist capos himself, Reed Coverdale. 
from Kennedy Live. Welcome aboard, sir. <laughs> hey, Clint. It's good to have a lover from another mother. That's how it's supposed to work, I think. So. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be awkward if it if it was the other way around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, man. So I I've been wanting to have you on. Um, I know you'd be super occupied with the. Uh, you being the Liberty Trucker guy uh, that everyone knows about, so I, I'm, I appreciate you taking the time to to come and update my audience on it. Um, for those that don't know, Reed has been a long haul big rig driver for a minute now, and uh, and he can obviously speak to the trucking experience as well as what's happening in Ottawa and Canada to some extent. Um, so go ahead and give me your your rundown of like. Actually, if you know the latest, because I'm sure a lot of people don't know what's happening on with the latest in Ottawa. Do you know? Um, I don't know about Ottawa, but I saw that Alberta is talking about rolling back the restrictions. It looks like Ontario is sticking with it. The last I heard, unless something has changed. Have you heard anything different? Uh, no, I, I've just I've seen. Uh, honestly, I don't. I'm such a an American, I don't even like know the differences between the provinces. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, part of Canada's doing better and other parts are doing worse. And that's pretty much yeah. all I know, man. But um, it seems to me that, that they are caving. I mean, more or less they're caving and, and there's going to be a fight. It's really at this point, it seems like it's an inevitable uh, outcome, but it's just like egos and face saving. And, and it, do you feel the same way? Yeah, Justin Trudeau looks like a fucking idiot. I mean, he he played this pretty much the worst way he could. He was so authoritarian, and then when there was pushback, he just tried to marginalize everyone who was upset about it as fascists and racists and bigots, and it's just backfired. I mean, because even though the media's tried to paint this whole thing in a really negative light, if you watch any videos from the actual protest, people on the side of the road, I mean, there's women children people of different colors which doesn't happen very often in canada most of them are white but you know the few like all six black people in the country are there or whatever <laughs> and, uh, you know it's very peaceful i mean they're honking horns but they're trying they're just trying to be annoying they're not damaging any property like there's all these reports of property damage and stuff but i haven't seen any video evidence of it i mean if anyone else has send it to me but you know it seems to be a lie um you know they're bringing their own food um you know volunteer people are coming and helping all the truckers the only people who are being violent at all are the police they're arresting people and confiscating fuel robbing and them. stuff yeah. yeah but i mean i i'm in full support and i'm sure we'll get into this you know the united states versus canada but uh in canada things have been so bad i mean i've i've talked to a couple people who have been up there uh, I had a guy on my show last week and he was saying like throughout Canada, if you do not have a vaccine um, or if you haven't been vaccinated, it's you can't ride a bus. You can't take a domestic flight. You can't get a job. Basically, you can't go to most restaurants. Um, you, you you just can't do anything uh, to so live a like, normal life. New York, basically. Yeah, it's just a Manhattan across the whole country. Yeah. Um and it's not like they can't do what you did and move to another province because right. it's been universal all the way across the board. You just can't do anything anywhere. And then on top of that, uh, on January 15th, they passed a law that if you're going to cross the border um, in a truck, then you have to be vaccinated, too. And this affects a lot of Canadian truckers because 75 percent of Canada's exports go to the United States and over 50 percent 
of their imports come from the United States. So lots of Canadian, I mean, if anyone lives in Northern States, you'll see Canadian truckers come down, drop something off in the United States, pick something else up, bring it back. It's very typical. Um, and they did pass the same mandate for U.S. truckers, but it just affects so many more Canadian truckers because that's their big, you know, most most Canadians live within 100 miles of the U.S. border and they're crossing it all the time. With us, like we're doing so much interstate travel within the country, it doesn't affect us nearly as much. So they've been like pushed so hard, all the Canadian people and now the Canadian truckers too. So it originally started out as a protest just against the border crossing mandate, but then they said, you know what? No, fuck you. You need to drop everything. Like we we're <laughs> we're not doing a new normal. We're going back to the way we used to be and we're done. And the people have been so marginalized and so pushed that, you know, a good chunk of them at least were like, yeah, we're behind this. Um, I mean, there's some Canadians who are so cocked They're You know, they were, I, uh, I heard there were protests previously that they weren't locking down enough or whatever. So, I mean, there are some Canadians who are just out to lunch, but well, that, that's why, that's why this was so stunning because I had heard that I had heard, you know, it like my, the vibe, the, the uh, appearance that it, it had left on me um, was that they were basically Australia where it was like 80% of the people were like upset that it wasn't harsher lockdowns and stuff. So this, this seemingly came out of nowhere uh, do you know anything about the background on on was it just the fact that they they went after the truckers with the the cross border that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back or what do you think? Yeah, I think it was just the final straw. I mean, because compared to the other mandates, like it's not even as bad. I mean, I think it's worse. You can't take a bus or a domestic flight or anything like that. You'd think that would freak people out, but. Um, it was just the final straw. And then it sounds like it was really organic. I've tried to talk to a few different people about you know how this was organized, but the people I've spoken to said it was just very grassroots. It's not centralized. There's no one person making sure everything is coordinated. So it just awesome. kind of grew all the way across the country, you know, all the way from British Columbia to Nova Scotia. And then they just met in Ottawa. And um I'm just really impressed with how they've done it, you know, because they really could have gone off the rails and gone all Black Lives Matter on everything, but they haven't. They've just been very civilized and just annoying yeah. to, you know, big cities where these mandates are coming from. Well, I, the, the thing to me is I, I'll just never forgive myself or us for letting them out America. It's like, I can't, <laughs> right. I can't believe that this happened, that we let these fucking Canucks out American <laughs> us red-blooded Americans, like, what happened to us, man? It's just, it's it's really astonishing. Um, but I got to say, uh, you know, all jokes aside, I'm, I'm not bigoted towards Canadians at all, uh, even though hockey's kind of whack. It, watching it live is great, though. Anyways, um, and I also like syrup, so you guys are cool. I'll stop mm -hmm. with the Canadian jokes. Uh, point being, I really appreciate what you guys have done, uh, not speaking to you, but speaking to the Canadians. Uh, I This is the type of pushback, the meaningful... And, and, and it's just I, like for those that are only getting their news through CNN, I would highly encourage you to watch some of the, um, you know, independent reporting from even Twitter and things like that. Uh, Viva Fry, someone commented a bit ago, like they they have it's like a party, man. And it's it's multicultural and there's music playing and people are hugging and smiling and laughing. And it's like and no one's wearing masks. And it's kind of it's just like everything that. It, it just kind of feels like a culmination of every emotion that I've had that's been negative flipped on its inverse and wrapped into a positive 
movement and a positive spirit. And it's just so beautiful to watch. I, I don't know about you, but it's been extremely uplifting. Yeah, man. I mean, it's been cool being a trucker, seeing it all happen, you know, for like, sure. I mean, dude, no one ever gives a shit about truckers ever. Like, no, I mean, you have the occasional American who is uh, recognizing of how much they rely on trucks and you'll get the thanks occasionally. But by and large, people hate trucks. They're just in their way and, you know, they're noisy and they're loud and they're, you know, I don't know. So they they hate us. But seeing truckers like save Canada has <laughs> been pretty, you know, it's been pretty fun to watch. Got to say. Hell yeah, man. Um so why do you think it is that is it just the fact that like our federalist system where we have the different states and and that made it so that people that were being really abused in their state and they were the type that would actually fight back they just fled instead is that kind of because that that's my assessment as to why this didn't happen in america like the people that really hated it just left they left california they left new york had that not been an option, had they done a federal level mandate, I think you would have seen something very similar to this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, with that recent vaccine mandate that was thrown out of the Supreme Court to, you know, force every company with over 100 employees to vaccinate all their, uh, you know, all their workers, I think you would have seen something similar happen here. I was ready for it. I mean, my I only have I only work at a company with five people in it, so it wouldn't have affected me. But you would have seen thousands of truck drivers quit. You would have seen thousands of laborers quit. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Do you know what the percentage is in the United States that's still unvaccinated right now? It's still pretty high. I th- so I, I think it's I think it's only like 30 something percent that's actually um well, maybe that's totally like never even got one. Uh-huh. But um, that's still pretty lot- high though, 30 percent. Like I mean, yeah, in- I guess. I mean, I, to me that's it's uh, having 70% of people that are, that have injected something into their body is a pretty remarkable thing, you know, especially right. a new technology like it is, but I, I don't know. Anyways, what where were you going with that? Well, I was saying like at this point, if you still haven't gotten vaccinated, like you probably have a pretty big aversion to it. Like you and I do like it's not- no shit. <laughs> so <laughs> if you had had 30% of the workforce quit or at least like really angry, and then you would have had more than 30% angry about it. Cause there are a lot of people who are vaccinated who are against the mandates too. So if that had actually stuck, I think you'd see something very similar here, but I think you're like, I I have come to appreciate the constitution more this last year. Like it's funny in 2020, I like realized how useless the constitution was and then sort of the same in 2021. And then this year, well, when was the mandate thrown out? What was that last month or was that last year? I can't even remember now. Uh, I think it was early January, but yeah. I could be wrong. So anyway, like just the idea that we have 48 different states on the mainland here that have all these different uh, approaches and that we, you know, even though the 10th Amendment has been shit on so heavily, like it still sort of exists a little bit and we have yeah. a little bit of choice, uh, you know, looking up in Canada and seeing how it's been there or in Australia where there's just no outlet. You can't do anything. You're just fucked. You're just, you know, stuck under this authoritarian regime. Uh, yeah, like it makes... It makes me thankful that we have Florida and New Hampshire and really most states at this point. Like at this point, we're down to like probably 10 states that have cities that are retarded. Like, I mean, we're getting to the point where it's just not the it doesn't seem like it's the consensus anymore that we should even even New York and California have lifted their outdoor mask mandate. So, I mean, I I, like (laughs) I mean, that's so it's so insane to think that that even existed and Washington, too. Um, Washington State, not DC. 
it's it's just incredible that that would still exist two years deep after Rochelle Walensky has already declared that yeah does yeah you know we uh we tortured your children for basically no reason and and they're like a couple months later they're like okay outside you cannot wear one like what the fuck man it's just it it really is astonishing the how quickly they're willing to take power like I'm I I think this is a kind of a a feeling I've been having today is that it's just astonishing how quickly they can take power but how slow it is to relinquish it and and it's like even when the science you know the follow the science people even when the science is ironclad that like this and this and this is all wrong uh it's still you know too you know you got to pull it out of them you got to pull that that freedom back and and it's just never it's never given it is never given and i know there's a lot of founding fathers quotes that i could throw in there to you know to sound smarter and to <laughs> and to prove my point but that i mean this it just really demonstrates that like you cannot give up your freedom, man. If you give it up, you got to fight to get it back. And apparently there's not many Americans that really want to fight to get their freedom back. So let's stop giving it up if we could at least do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm just worried everyone's going to have short-term memory loss, you know, because they have in the past. So I don't see why this will be any different. I mean, everyone's already forgotten about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Nobody's thinking about that at all anymore. That was only, you know, a month ago. And yeah, um, and she might she might get a fucking retrial. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean it's, um, you know, and then I mean everyone just forgets about everything after two weeks go by, and I hope they don't forget about this. And I also hope, you know, my my big worry is that you're gonna have a bunch of rhinos. We'll, we'll call them that. Like let, let's say Republicans were actually good. Uh, you're gonna have a bunch that aren't good who just have an R next to their name, and people are gonna be so sick of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna not even care like you have an R next to your name good enough i'm voting for you and well you that's know. how i feel about glenn youngkin i mean he's mm-hmm. he's a world economic forum guy it's like i mean yeah he was he has been better and he has gotten a, a bunch of the mandates and a bunch of the things that he promised he's gotten rid of when it came to schooling and things like that and you know that's all great but if you think that's going to make you tr- make me trust you you're out of your mind like i i don't trust anyone that that's a um young leader's whatever for the wef like yeah you got to prove and and speaking of uh it looks like you're you're still pushing to get tulsi on your show and i hope that happens obviously but she i'm just gonna be honest you don't have to agree or not uh when i found out she was one of them i like and especially the fact that she's kind of been wishy-washy on some areas and she couches things in like liberty language when ultimately she's not very pro 2a and she's not really about she's not really anti-war it's like this she is kind of the perfect Trojan horse, um, and I she she concerns me. Anyways, that's just a side note. Yeah. You don't have to well, say. Anything, I said that to uh, James Lindsay when I had him on my show. I actually asked. Oh, him I, directly about I that, stole so. the idea from you, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean she's, I mean she's weird, man. I mean when she endorsed Biden, the, I mean that was the first thing that was like what you know like I don't know I don't I don't really know where to put her. I mean I'm just glad we have. You know, I'm glad I found out about Scott Horton and Dave Smith and people like that that you can true actually count on. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, no, for sure. And and as I've said it and Dave said too, it's like she doesn't have to be like someone someone messaged me a couple of days ago going, you know, if she wanted to leave the Democrat Party and become a libertarian, would you welcome her with open arms? And it's like, I'm gonna be honest. No, no, I wouldn't. I don't think that she like I don't have like the harshest litmus test that some libertarians have when it comes to being a libertarian member or not. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, you can't be the leader of our movement if you're not anti-war and pro 2A. And it's like those those two things they cannot be infringed. You can't even you can't even think about it. Um, so for me, well, is like, it welcome her to the movement or make her the nominee? Because there's a bit of a difference there. Well, if she's going to join the LP, it's you got to think it's a it's a political maneuver, and she's likely running. If she just wanted to be a libertarian, sure. But I'm saying. Obviously, if she was going to shift in such a major way, it would probably be a political maneuver. So at least that's how I took it. So gotcha. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't think she should be the nominee. If she wanted to, if she became more interested in libertarian stuff or something, that's a little bit different. But of course, yeah. Um, o- open arms. If you want to learn and, and yeah. stop taking my guns, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, man. I, I've lost so much faith in so many people over the last couple of years. I mean, I hate to say it, but like no Bill kidding. Maher has been one of the only liberals that has retained a modicum of respect from, you know, like he has a little bit, like he's got a little bit of integrity and lets, little. you know, lets people who disagree with him talk and actually criticizes the Democrats occasionally. But so many people has just been like, I mean, a lot of libertarians too, you know, like um, uh, Penn Gillette. I really actually used to like that guy a lot. Um, yeah, me and, too. You know, bullshit, know, bullshit been, was an amazing show back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I no, same. I mean, and uh, across the board, I've I've lost faith in humanity, to be honest. And I think that's why the trucker, uh, you know, the freedom convoy, the trucker strike was so meaningful to me. It was like, oh, th- it exists, you know, yeah. like this thing that I love, that I believed in so deeply, that I that I feel coursing through my veins, still exists somewhere on the planet. And that's you know. At some point, you start to think to yourself, like, maybe I am completely alone or close to it, you know? Yeah, right. Um, so seeing that, it, it's just been so uplifting. I'm, I'm so grateful to them. And I'm serious. I'm not going to make fun of Canadians for a while. Like, I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm not going to do it. Uh, you, guys, you guys have earned a reprieve from my fun needling. I, I really do love Canadians. You guys are very nice. And your accents are adorable. Uh, but Justin Trudeau is a fucking loser and a lunatic. And I can't believe that you guys let this dude rule over you. So I really hope he steps down. Do you think there's any chance of that? Because I think there might actually be a chance of it. I don't know. He's so arrogant. So I don't know if he'd be willing to. But true, I would want to if I were him at this point. I mean, he just looks like an idiot. I don't I don't think he's the so, press he's can so save hated. his image. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was talking to a guy on the Four Horsemen last weekend. Um you know, it's kind of hard to hate Biden in some ways. It's so dumb. And like, he's just like, oh, look at Uncle Fester smelling right. a kid and like bumbling around. You know, it's almost just funny to watch him where Justin Trudeau, he's such a conniving piece of shit. Like he's just, you know, he, he's he's woke. He's sort of eloquent in a way that like gives him more of an edge than he should have. And it like, oh, I mean, it just makes my blood curdle looking at him. Yeah. So, well, um, th- this is this is the problem with aesthetics, aesthetic voting like AOC and Justin Trudeau and all these people that are like conventionally attractive. You cannot fucking vote for these evil demons, man. Like (laughs) these people are so dangerous. I don't know how people don't see through the, you know, the classically good looks and just go like, Oh, he's an idiot and he's a tyrant and he's fucking evil. Why would we possibly make him the most powerful person in our country? And it just, people just never learn that lesson. It's really sad. Like, I, I don't care what you look like, man. Um, I I just want someone that will defend my rights. Like I, this is one aspect that I really hate about pop pop culture, is that it's so it's really a you know, and I know democracy is a popularity contest, but it's like it's a pop popularity contest. Like 
are you the it girl? You know, like AOC legit would have a chance at winning a presidential race like that. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, I think so, dude. No, I I don't think she would. Um, Well, pre pre COVID, if she was not, if she was 35, I think she could have run and fucking beat Biden. That's, that's my opinion. Maybe. I don't know. Because people hated Trump so much and she's so hot. I mean, don't, I'm just saying. Possible. I don't think a woman, I don't think the first woman president can be a Democrat, at least not with how the Democrats currently are, because to win the nomination as a Democrat, you have to be so woke and so disgusting and so repulsive, but then you would never win a general election. Like, I don't think there's any way Kamala Harris would have won the presidential election. No, just absolutely no way. And she won't in 2024 if they decide to run her either. And um, they would so have had to know, reinforce like, that election so hardcore. <laughs> I, I don't think they even could like reinforce it enough. Even if they were like burning ballots, they wouldn't be able to do it. They'd just they'd run out of lighters. <laughs> You'd have to burn my eyeballs out too if she were to win. I, just listening to her laugh for four years. Oh god, I think that's probably the best thing about her vice presidency and the fact that she's so universally despised is that they give her no media roles whatsoever. She's just like MIA. Like you don't see her at all. At least I don't. I don't know. Yeah. If I were Trump, I would be super happy that Biden is president now because I, I was even thinking this in 2020. I was like, if he rewins this presidency, he's in for a load of shit. Like this inflation is going to start taking off soon. And, you know, having everyone sit around for a year is going to be a problem with the supply chain and, you know, basically all the things that have happened. And I was like, people don't look into the past at all or at the you know the structure that's running the country they just look at who is sitting in the oval office at any given time something bad happens when the shit hits the fan who was sitting on it yeah (laughs) exactly so i was like i remember thinking like if i were trump i would do everything i could to lose this election (laughs) and um yeah honestly i mean well if if you if he were as smart on economics as libertarians are yes i would agree he would know that we were set up for absolute doom but I don't think he's that bright, uh, at no. least when it comes to economics. So I think he probably would have thought that he could have, you know, just pumped the or primed the pump all through his second term and then let the the whole house of cards come crashing down. And, and in truth, that could happen. I mean, it's not impossible to imagine uh, a world in which they keep interest rates hyper low for the next three years. Uh, they even push them potentially negative because that's happened in a bunch of European countries and they continue with increasing QE. And you could buy another three years. It's only going to make the collapse more painful and more uh, destructive. So I don't know. Uh, do you have any? I, I don't think I've ever talked to you about this. Do you have any predictions as to like when this all when when the piper gets paid? Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether or not it's going to be deflationary or inflationary if they try to save the dollar or if they just right. like keep printing it out of existence. It seems to me like it'll be the latter because I. I mean, <laughs> you know, they were supposed to raise interest rates last month and they didn't do it. Right. Um, I just don't see them ever doing it. They'll always just push it off to the next person. Um, so I, I tend to lean more toward inflationary. But, you know, I'm I'm prepared for both. I have cash and assets. So, you know, if nice. it goes through the roof, I'll be fine. And if it plummets through the floor, I'll also be fine. But yeah, I don't really know. I mean, as far as a time frame, it's really hard to guess because you're right. They could push it on for a few more years. And um, yep. but I mean, what do you think about um, what do you think about like Russia? Um, 
you know, cracking down on its debt and kind of preparing itself to be a, a good, um, you know, holder of the world reserve currency. Do you think that's possible or? Yeah, dude, I, I'm, I really, I've been looking at Russia for a long time as like, they're doing a lot of the things that an Austrian economist would advise, you know, they're other than the fact that they're not really freeing their entire market, which would make them a real powerhouse. Uh, they are behaving on a, on a fiscal side really intelligently. Right. Um, so I, I've been impressed with that. I think that they understand like this is probably how they become a major player on a world scale again is because they're not right now. I know if you listen to the, you know, the DNC operatives, it sounds as if Russia is like, well, after they biggest... take over Ukraine and, you know, destroy <laughs> democracy. <laughs> right. Right. It's like they could, they could probably take over Ukraine, but that's about it uh, in my opinion. Um, so anyways, I, I, uh, I think that this is probably how they perceive their best path to getting back on a competitive level with China and America is that if they are the one nation that is not completely buried in debt, they have a real opportunity to do that, to, to like purchase assets while everyone else is, is in a fire sale mode. Like they could absolutely do that. So I don't know, man. And, and honestly, like more power to them, you know, like I'm not, I'm not such a nationalist that I want to see, Oh, well, if we go down, they have to go down too. Like, no, I, who cares? You know, like the people of Russia deserve to have a government that doesn't uh, bury them in debt. If you're upset about that, you should be upset with your own politicians that fucking right. buried you in debt. Who cares about the Russian deal? So. Yeah. What do you think about our alliance with Saudi Arabia and OPEC with the petrodollar and that whole system? Like, how does that shift from us to Russia? Uh, well, how does it shift from us to Russia? Yeah. When? So, I mean, because we, you know, would, since we have the world reserve currency and because OPEC trades in dollars, that gives us the, uh, you know, that requires trade through the dollar. So how, like if Russia becomes the world reserve currency, how does that affect our relationship with OPEC? Yeah, see, I don't I don't actually see the ruble becoming the world reserve currency. Um, I think that in that situation where I, I think like this is the last time that a fiat currency will be the reserve currency because you now have exchangeable, quote unquote, hard, um, you know, electronic assets. So I know uh, a lot of people argue that Bitcoin is not a hard asset. I think because there's limited supply, it is a hard asset. So that's just my my read on things. Uh, you can certainly disagree there. But I, I don't see why people would go, oh, my my U.S. dollar holdings are now confetti. Let me shift mm -hmm. into some other central bank that could also inflate it eventually. Like, why would you not go something hard in that in that situation? So I don't know. It, it's a it's an interesting thought experiment. I think that we would probably end up in World War Three before uh, they, you know, the U.S. government allows Russia to become the reserve currency of the world. So I don't know. I, I, I think for the sake of uh, peace on the planet. It's almost, I mean, it's it's going to be cataclysmic and potentially war-inducing regardless when fiat currencies start to kind of um, disintegrate all across the planet. But I still think it would be better if it was kind of a, uh, a decentralized technology like Bitcoin or some other cryptocurrency that could be the reserve currency. Um, at least that's my hope, man. I don't know. It's, I mean, this has literally never happened in history. So it's it's going to be exciting to watch. What do you think? Yeah, well, just like you were saying, if Trump were economically a libertarian, he would have realized what was coming for the next term. I mean, if humans were libertarians, maybe they wouldn't endorse another fiat currency as the world reserve currency. But 
I just don't know. Like, I, I just don't, <laughs> I don't count on the intelligence of humans. So I don't know. But I mean, it, it seems like our alliance with Saudi Arabia and the role they play in our foreign policy kind of makes it interesting as far as, um, you For know, sure. the, the world reserve currency holder place goes and, um, you know, how the dollar would eventually actually, act, would actually eventually collapse. It seems to make it more complicated than just an economic struggle, you know, cause you got all these other forces at play. So I don't know. No, it's, I mean, it, it is multivariant. Like there are so many variables that go into this and there's so much that we don't know that it's very hard to, to actually guess at, at how this plays out. Um, I'm going to do something I never do. And I'm going to just throw a bunch of like optimistic shit at you and see what you Whoa. think about it. Cause all right, I know, I know, dude, I like, first off the mandates almost everywhere across the planet are, disintegrating in front yep. of our eyes um i just can't i can't even believe i just said that sentence like it, it, i like <laughs> i've been i've been screaming about this shit for almost two years now man like it feels good it feels good to to have this this experience because i there was a time for sure where i thought it was not it was arguably never going to happen you know i thought that there was a chance that like they never lift these mandates and um so before we get into the pessimistic side of these things uh that's really optimistic. I think the fact that there's competitors like Give, Send, Go that are, you know, coming into... Uh, wait, wait, wait. I, you didn't hear about what happened with Give, Send, Go I, then? No, I did. I heard. Okay. I heard. But <laughs> they also they also issued a letter stating that uh, we're an American company and you, basically Canada oh, has okay. no, no hold of us. So whatever you donate to the truckers, they're going to get it. And, you know, that doesn't mean that it's a done deal. I mean, this is going to be an ongoing fight. I'm just saying... The fact that there are, are competitors that are coming up that are trying to fight against uh, ESG and and the the wokeification of the business world where they suppress all liberty minded uh, products, not just people. Um, I think that there's there's just a lot of there's a lot of good news over the past month when we've had two years of pretty much consistently fucking awful news. So I just want to take a moment, <laughs> which I never do on my show, to to tell people, you know, your your movements, your actions, your voices, they're being heard. You should take take a second, appreciate that, and then allow it to fuel you and encourage you for, to go and get more of your fucking freedoms back because we're nowhere near where we need to be. Uh, but I, I do want to just take a moment to say, hey, we're doing something here. We're doing something. It's awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think the lesson that people should get from that is to not lower your standards because a lot of people are doing that they're saying well i'm just going to support this guy because he's just against this one thing i'm against and that's good enough like no True. now is the time where you should be extra principled like i i mean i agree with you like two years ago i supported tulsi gabbard right now i would not like it's not right. worth it anymore because things have gotten so crazy the last couple of years mm -hmm. like I want someone who's going to support secession, someone who's going to want zero gun regulations, someone who's going to be completely against war, against the war on drugs. You know, like, I mean, I'm moving to New Hampshire and um, oh, I'm going to get involved with the Free State Project. And the standards are pretty high there. Like, it's not like you're just looking for some OK Republican. Like, you got people who are running on secession or running yeah. on defend the guard legislation. So... Um, but yeah, now if you're not if you're not put if you're a Republican and you're not pushing to abolish the FBI, I don't want to fucking hear from you. Not exactly. a word. <laughs> like not a word, man. Yeah. So I mean that that's the I think that's the inspiration we should take out of this is like this is the time to push 
And this is the time to be extra, you know, extra principled and extra poignant with what we want instead of being, you know, because some people seem to want to back down and just kind of embrace the slightly better of two evils. No, fuck that. Like, I mean, if they're a Republican, I don't care if they're good. Fine. But make sure the people you're supporting are good and make sure you're not going to, you know, you're not going to slack and you're not going to just, you know, vote for someone because of the letter next to their name, because that's how we got here. That's how we had exactly. the last two years we had. No, I think I think it, it, it the other thing about it is when you have experienced two years of fucking totalitarianism and you and you now have a shift because we still have this bullshit veneer of democracy and, you know, because we know that the Republicans are going to take a ton of seats in the House oh, in the midterms. Yeah. So if you know that, if you know what's going to happen, you need to make sure that these motherfuckers are awesome. That they are about, like I want I want to see 50 Thomas Masseys in this bitch, like right away. Um, <laughs> because they have taken so much from us, and this is like this is your opportunity. You know that there's gonna be a lot of candidates that you wouldn't think could get in that will get in. Uh Marjorie Taylor Green and Thomas Massey and Rand Paul, like the 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 handful of people that we actually kind of respect to a certain extent, uh, even though they're politicians, so they're inherently evil. No, I'm just kidding. I, I actually really like Thomas Massey. Um, we have this is like we have this fucking window of opportunity, man. And and I think that people really need to be focusing on primaries right now. You need to make sure yes. you're not getting some World Economic Forum congressional candidates uh, with an R in front of their name because you're going to end up getting the same bullshit in the end. So I hope people take this opportunity because like when when they when they beat us down and you get your chance to swing back, you got to make sure you knock them out. You know? Yeah, I actually think the Republican primaries are the most important thing that's going on or the libertarian conventions, whatever, which, whichever way you're going, like yeah. it, it probably depends on your location, but uh, you know, everybody hates the Democrats right now. That does not take any accomplishment to hate them. Um, right. A lot of Democrats hate them too. Thank God. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be very tempting to, you know, not vet anyone on, on the Republican side and just go with them. So I think that's where the actual danger is. And I know some people disagree with me, but, I think that this COVID stuff, the reason it's being retired is because it's run its useful course. Um, you know, I don't think it's because people are finally just sick of it. Like, I think a lot of people have been sick of it for a long time. I think it's just getting to the point where it's not advancing their goal anymore. So they would have loved if they could have gotten a worldwide vaccine passport. That would have been amazing for them. That right. I think that was a goal. But then they realized, okay, we're not going to make it that far with this anymore. We need to readjust and find a new strategy. So the the elites and the people in charge, they don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. They also don't care if you're right or left. And I know a lot of the post-libertarians are going to disagree with me on this point. <laughs> but if you go back to the early 2000s, most of the corporatocracy, the new world order was being pushed by right wing ideology. Like it was evangelists and, you know, right wing news organizations. Uh, they were pushing the war in Iraq and the Patriot Act and like all this authoritarianism that destroyed yeah. our country. Project for a new us. American century was fucking exactly. that was all all Republicans for the most part. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was Zionist, like religious, yeah. you know, <laughs> craziness that pushed us in that direction and think of how quickly it went from that to like the the woke bullshit black lives matter um you know 
microaggressions are the biggest danger to humanity. You know, think of how quickly it switched from being this religious right wing bullshit to this left wing crazy bullshit supporting the same entities. I mean, it's Raytheon both times. Like you see Raytheon being pushed by uh, a transgender ad because, you know, they accept me for who I really am or whatever. And <laughs> JP Morgan Chase is, you know, ha has a float in the black lives in the, in the gay pride parade and they stand with black lives matter or whatever. These people were supporting the war in Iraq and the Patriot Act and all that shit with the backing of right, we right wing evangelicals, you know, like 10 years earlier. So mm -hmm. the fact that they couldn't just switch again and try a different angle should not be out of the question. I mean, I think they totally could. So I don't really know what the next move is going to be. Some people think it is going to still be a left wing thing with climate change. I think that's certainly possible. Mm -hmm. But people need to realize these people don't care about your religion or about your culture or whatever. They will hijack all of it. They don't give a fuck like they care about power. And if they can use whatever you care about to get there, they will use it, whether you're a left winger or a right winger. So people need to be very careful about who they're selecting. Um, and I know this is like, like, I get it. I mean, I want like Fauci and, you know, Biden and all the governors who did lockdowns. I want them all in jail. Absolutely. Like they should go to jail for this for life. Yep. But there's going to be a temptation to take this out on the citizens of the United States who fell for it. And, you know, you have a lot of left wingers who were against the Patriot Act, who were against the war in Iraq for good cause. And then once you had vaccine passports that were going to fuck over all these right wingers that supported this shit they hated 15, 20 years ago, right. they were 100 percent fine with it. They're like, yep, fuck these right wingers. They don't deserve anything. So you're going to see a lot of right wingers who might fall for that exact same shit against the left. What you got to remember is this isn't about you getting your vengeance on the other side. It's about the people at the top gaining more power, more surveillance, you know, more control over your finances, everything. So yeah. people just have to be really careful about what's going to happen because I do think you're right. Like this narrative is falling apart. It's crumbling. It's getting rolled back. It's not over though. Like they never stop looking for more power. So they're going to do something else, <laughs> you know, maybe, well, I maybe think, it's not I think the, I think the key is too to realize that they're going, if they realize that they have to sacrifice someone, they're going to try and sacrifice the people that you don't actually want sacrifice. Like right. you're going to have to guide this in a way and be intelligent about the retribution you seek. Cause like they may, they may offer to fire Fauci or have him resign, you know, like they're going to give you little things like that, but I'm looking for, I'm looking for, you know, Nuremberg. Like I really yeah. want to see trials. <laughs> I want, I want this precedent to be punished in a way that no politician ever considers it again. Like that's what I'm looking for. And I'm looking for candidates that are running on a message of, I will seek out and I will punish the people that abuse their emergency powers against you because it was un-American, unconstitutional, and it cannot go left unaccounted for. Uh, that's all I'm, that's all I'm asking for. And I know that sounds like I'm asking for a lot, but I think it's fucking reasonable. And I think there's a lot of Americans that would get behind that message. Uh, same, same with the Republican party though. I am looking at Republican governors that did the same thing. You have to be punished too. Yeah. And if, at, at a minimum, you have to be primarying these people and making sure they never spend a day in office again. But I would like to see them punished across the board. And a lot of, a lot of the post libertarian types are going to say, why would you want to get rid of these guys who were better than 
you know, Newsom. It's like, I want to get rid of anybody who locked people in their homes for an extended period of time over a pathogen that was airborne, you fucking asshole. Like, that's what I want. So I'm not willing to compromise. The fact that I am taking a moment and a breath and a little victory lap about the fact that we've made some progress in this fight, do not, do not take that as kindness. Do not take that as weakness. Like, I am fucking bloodthirsty right now. Like, I want people to pay an enormous price because this precedent has to be killed. I've, yes. I've been saying this for a year and a half. You cannot have lockdowns as a mechanism that is ever considered for anything ever. Like that's that's how definitive it has to be. So I'll get off my my soapbox, but I'm serious about this shit. No, no, I agree with you, man. And uh, as good as Rand Paul's been, that's the one mistake he's made, I think, is continually arguing that this hasn't been okay because it hasn't worked. It's like, dude, fuck that. Who cares if it worked? Like we don't want the precedent to be acceptable. Like you can't lock people in their houses. If the bubonic plague is reg is raging through, you know, throughout the whole country, like right. that, that just shouldn't be allowed. And, and you're hundred percent, I'll stay home on my own. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're hundred percent right. Like we, people need to be held accountable. People need to be put in jail for life, maybe executed. You know, I, I tend to be against that, but maybe we should have an exception in this case, but <laughs> It's the we'll let, people we'll who let the, we'll let the, ju the judges figure it out. I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. Yeah, go you're gonna there. be like Trump. Well, you know, we'll let the the, the courts figure that out. <laughs> I don't I don't. It's not. I, you know, I just I had a trial. He, he was found guilty. Uh, we got the we got the rope out. What can you say? I don't know. Yeah. That was a terrible but, I mean, job of prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eric's a little bit better at it, but um, well, absolutely. <laughs> the uh, the thing is, like, yeah, we got to take out the people who did this. Like um, the escalation against the other side of the country never fixes anything like trying to take it out on the people who were duped into this, you know, like right. you're like we need the governors and the people like Fauci and the president, you know, these are the people who need to be held accountable for this stuff. Unfortunately, I don't think they will. And well, I don't, you know, I, and you know, at the highest levels of power, like obviously, I don't think Trump, I don't think Biden are going to see repercussions from this. But someone like Fauci, who presided over this entire response for two terms, essentially through, or not two full terms, but well, he's been in powerful full two terms. But I mean, for two years through two different presidencies, like this guy has to be, he has to be held to account because he has stood up there and talked flippantly about our rights in a way that is so fucking reprehensible and he has to be punished for it. You yeah. just can't do that. You can't talk about how, whether or not my child, if I had one could wear a mask or go to school or visit f family or see my fucking grand, their grandmother as they pass away in a nursing home, like all of this shit. And, and he was responsible for all of that. Like he, and every time he gets questioned uh, on it by Rand Paul, he always backs off like people ask me questions. I just answer, you know, it's like, no, bitch, you always say what you think and you know yep. that it's the gospel and whatever you fucking run with the media runs with and they indoctrinate the people and then the shit ends up happening. So whether or not he's actually like writing it down and saying Fauci makes this happen, I don't care. Like you have to be fucking annihilated. You have to be annihilated for what he's done to us. So like. I agree with you. Yes, obviously, we're never going to get what we want where everyone responsible gets uh, jail for the rest of their lives. But some of them have to feel it. And I want yeah. and the reason I want it to be someone as, as meaningful as Fauci is because that would send the message that if you're going to be the spokesman for tyranny and you don't prevail, you fucking suffer. <laughs> and I want I want, you know, the uh, the Gen Saki's of the world to feel that 
that chill run down their spine like oh shit i'm a war criminal you know <laughs> yeah i actually don't want to hang fauci i think he should be put in a cell with flesh-eating flies you know let, <laughs> let the punishment fit the crime a little bit more <laughs> you can hang out with some some beagles r.i.p yeah uh, exactly <laughs> yeah so yeah i i you know, I've theorized, I mean, a lot of people have theorized that it's going to be uh, climate change. You and I have talked about this before. I don't think climate change is the pivot. They've been pushing climate change for 20 years. Yeah. They've like, it's kind of like the COVID shit, to be honest, because they have given so many wrong predictions, like demonstrably wrong. You know, like yeah. we shouldn't have ice caps and we shouldn't have polar bears. And there's all this other shit that they've just been fucking totally wrong about. There's signs in national parks that say like, there'll be no glaciers in 2020. And it's like sitting in a glacier still. So like, I don't know how I don't know how they can run another psyop that's so detached from reality and expect us to accept lockdowns and things like that. So my thesis is that they have learned everything there is to learn in this moment. They're going to have to let some time pass, in my opinion, because at this point, we're so on the verge of like a, a, a actual uprising that they can't push us further at this point. So right. they're going to pull back. They're going to do what they did to us like last June where they, but it's going to be an extended period of time where they completely back off. They're going to reorient. They're going to regain plan how they actually get to the vaccine passports and things like that. I was actually thinking about it tonight when I was at dinner with my family and Ashton, um, we already have vaccine passports. Like I, like it's, it's this close because I, I, I go to this restaurant, right. And they, they have a QR code for the menu they have me pay with my credit card through the phone. Yeah, so they can know. <laughs> they know everything, dude. Yeah. And then they have they have my GPS on that thing. The only thing they don't know, which is what they were trying to get with this, was what is inside my body. But they have everything else. Uh, I mean, yeah. so it's like, I don't think they need to push it. I don't know that they actually need to know what's inside our body to, to still rule over us in the way that China does its citizens. Um, so I don't know. What do you think about all that? Yeah, so I think the dangerous thing is now we have... Um, technology that makes things easier and people always want what's easier. So, you know, communism, when we think like Gulag, Stalin, like there's nothing appealing about it. They would never work because people just get sick of it so quickly. But the type of stuff that James Lindsay talks about with the Great Reset to your average person, a lot of that is enticing because it's like, oh, I can just have a microchip in my wrist. I can't lose my wallet. So I'll actually throw a little anecdote in here. Um, I actually lost my wallet last week for a couple of days because I was at a truck stop in Idaho and it what fell What were you out doing at the pocket. truck stop, Reed? <laughs> it was all ones, <laughs> so you can guess. Um, <laughs> but it fell out of my pocket and I drove 400 miles before I stopped again. I was in Montana. And then oh. I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, you know, That's and awful. so I, I called the truck stop. They didn't have it yet. And then like the next day, somebody found it in the parking lot and brought it in. So I got it back. But I mean, I was fucking useless without my wallet. I can't buy anything. I don't have my driver's license. You know, like it's it's really annoying. So, of course, the idea of like putting a microchip into your wrist just makes more sense. Then like you don't need your keys anymore. You can have like a digital lock on your door that you just put your wrist up and it unlocks your door. That For can sure. be your credit card. It, that it can has some your... appeal. There's no doubt. It has, it has your medical history. Um, it has everything you need. Just right, like if you're a diabetic or something, or you're allergic to something. If somebody finds you passed out in the middle of nowhere, they don't need to find your. You know, you don't need a bracelet on or something. It's it's all right in your microchips, and every you know everything's transferable. It's all completely easy. So it's almost like 
a capitalistic approach to communism. You know, it's like, right. it's like a self bettering um, strategy to try to get everyone to buy into it voluntarily. So I think they were trying to push it on us more than we wanted it over the last couple of years. But if you give people 10 years, they'll just do it to themselves. I mean, yep. the, the biggest difference between we already now, have with the cell phone. So yeah, well, the biggest difference between now and the next step is like, I can ditch my cell phone. I can stop using a credit card. I could just use cash if I wanted to. Like I could make it so they can't track me anymore. It's hard, but I can still do it. The next step is you're just, you can't be part of society if you are not hooked in. And so, you know, maybe they tried to push it and force that, but in, I bet you in 20 years, no one's going to have a wallet anymore. No one's going to, you know, um, carry cash with them anymore. We're going to have a cashless society by choice. So oh, brother, the, this is the all C coming down the pipe anyway. You're absolutely right. The, the CBDC push, like that's what this is. It, and we have people in the comments that are saying exactly what I was going to go with next. So I'll give you credit, but I was going to say it anyways. Uh, this is a digital gulag. Like this is what they're setting us up for is that right. you can be unpersoned. That's what the uh, ESG is all about. That's they're like, if you don't play ball with our agenda, as an individual or as a business, we can unperson you, we can bankrupt you, we can completely eliminate you from polite society. And that's what's happening. And it's a bloodless coup, you know, like they, they don't have to kill us to make it happen. They can just basically um, coerce. Like that's that's been the, the, yeah. the word for the past two years is coercion. And man, did they find out how to coerce in a way that is really powerful, so much so that it made the libertarians argue with one another whether or not it was an acceptable thing to fight back against, you know, with right. the uh, the vaccine uh, mandates and, and things like that. And which they, is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I know. I believe me, I know it is. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, I also understand I understand the philosophical counter arguments. I'm just saying. I don't care, man. Mm -hmm. Like if this is this is not a world I want to live in. If that makes me unlibertarian, fine. I don't care. I do not want to have vaccine passports because ultimately that is like the final step in the digital gulag art, uh, you know, framework. Like it would have been, it would have been a done deal if they had that, if they had a pass that basically you had to get updated and, and imagine had they actually got that through with all of these boosters, like all of our mo most conspiracy theory, fear mongering about it, how you were going to have to get it like two or three times a year. Yep. <laughs> like Otherwise you can't, have a job, go to work, do anything. Your kids can't go to school. Like this, uh, we were very, we were right on the fucking precipice of that being the reality forevermore. Um, so yeah, I, I know I just pivoted from saying a bunch of optimistic shit and now right into the darkness, but this is why I was so activated over the past two years is because I sensed that danger. And I'm just, I'm, I'm very grateful that it appears that they are relenting, uh, but uh, to believe that they're going to completely sideline these eventual intentions with us, I think is absurdly ridiculous. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. And um, I think now is the time to be more alert. I mean, because you, you know, the way I approach this stuff, like when the government is making you uncomfortable, I actually think that's better because then they're making yes. people skeptical of the government, skeptical of what's, you know, being decided or whatever, when they step back, then people forget about everything that's going on and, they they just don't pay attention anymore um we we had a slow creep for years i mean the patriot act should have already had people furious you know that that even yes. existed no one cared 
So like, uh, you know, we were talking about Tulsi earlier. When I was campaigning for her in 2019, like I, I would go talk to people about the war in Yemen or whatever, and they just didn't give a shit. And then they're like, yeah, so? And it was like, yeah, well, we're literally starving people to death by supporting Saudi Arabia's blockade. And they're like, okay, well, it doesn't affect me. <laughs> so, you know, like it was just, it was impossible to get people to care. And then when it was in their face, in their front yard, in their house, in their school, in their school board, in their local town meeting or whatever, then they suddenly had to care. And they're like, oh, wow, this sucks. So, um, well, check this out, though. This is the really crazy thing is even then, even with their children being fucking like emotionally damaged, uh, educationally stunted, they you still had a a huge percentage (laughs) of the people. That were just like, this is fine. In fact, this is good <laughs> because I don't want to get the sniffles. Like it's it's really remarkable, and I think that um, well, that's certainly a uh, a jaded, cynical way of looking at things. It's reality, and it's the reality is is that revolutions historically have not been fought by the majority. It is always a passionate minority that believes in something more than everybody else, and and I think that that's something that I've I've been reminded of a lot lately um, that it's not about getting 51% of the electorate. It's about getting 10% of like a van evangelical Liberty minded nutcases. Like that's, that's what I'm looking for. I want, I want a bunch of fucking radicals. And, and, you know, I love the fact that you're leaving to, uh, to New Hampshire. Um, I may end up being up there with you one of these days, who knows I'm going (laughs) to visit for pork fest and check it out. But yeah. this this is the type of idea that we need, and and it's such an important. And even though the post libertarians shit on it, and I have no idea why, um, I think it's brilliant. I think that this is like this is the 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 test run. And you know what's really important too is that it, it gives us an opportunity to prove the viability of our ideas. You right. know the the fifty. Uh, I always forget the saying, but the fifty different exploratory studies that we get to do with the the states. Well, let's let's have one that's truly liberty oriented. I mean, we're we're not going to be able to get away from the IRS for the most part, so we'll never get to like actually have our own little isolated experiment. Um, but it's as close as we're probably going to get. And if we have a lot of success there, it would be so meaningful, man. I don't think people, um, I don't think people appreciate that enough. Yeah, I agree. And um, I had Tho Bishop on my show a couple days ago. We had a great discussion, and we kind of ended talking about the difference between what's going on in Florida versus what's going on in New Hampshire. Florida is sort of a more like paleo libertarian strategy. It's like trying to incur like a right wing religious culture that, you know, cares about human liberty where New Hampshire is like basically a thin libertarian experiment. It's like, we don't care what culture you have as long as you don't fuck with other people. So it'll be very interesting to see like which one works. I mean, it seems like it's gonna be harder in Florida just because it's such a big state. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested. Like DeSantis is putting prayer back in schools and things like that. And most people th- would think that I would be, you know, outraged by that. But I don't care. Like, I think it's interesting to watch and see, like, how this works, because I really think what the left has, you know, done with schools over the previous decades is put their own religion in there anyway. Like, it's just another religion. 100%. So like the the free state project is interesting because we're really trying to just like abolish all that it's like get rid of public schools you know like that that's actually a goal that might be attainable in new hampshire because it's a smaller state and we have a lot of people moving there who 
really believe in this stuff. So it's going to be very interesting to see the long-term effects. So I just well, want to I, be part of it. So Yeah, of course, man. And, and I really hope, I wish you guys the best. Um, but I, I think it's actually a little bit different. I, I don't I don't view Florida as the paleo-libertarian strategy and, and you guys as a libertarian strategy as much as I do. Like it's the minarchist strategy versus the anarchist strategy. Like yeah, you guys are like New Hampshire is the abolitionists and and Florida is the reformists. And, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend to know which is going to to win out. Um, I wish them both the best. And I hope that that one of them gives me a place of safety and security and prosperity and liberty and gives me an option to live there. Like it would be amazing either way. So I don't like it. This is as always you and I, the quote unquote uniters. Um, you know, I, I just think, I just think that it's all of the infighting is nonsensical. Like why, why are we not rooting for each other, helping each other, trading with each other, not just goods, but ideas and like trying to, to progress this thing down the fucking field, man. It's just, we don't have enough time to be infighting. And, and I know a lot of people think that that's why they're justified in infighting. I don't get that. I don't get that mentality. Like we have so many fucking enemies why are we making enemies out of each other? It's just stupid. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I, you know, I hope, you know, I, I'm not a paleo libertarian, but I hope that they're successful with their strategy. I, I hope that like Liberty Republicans are successful. I hope that I even hope that libertarian socialists are successful in their own little hippie yeah. commune. Like, fine. Just leave like, me alone. Just leave me alone. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. Um, and I, I'm actually at the point where like, I don't even care what California is doing. Like, I, I mean, two years ago, I still believed in like the United States and trying to save the country and all that bullshit. Yeah. At this point, like if California just wants to become an absolute commie hellhole, I say do it. Like, I don't care. Like, as long as people can leave and they can go where they want, like right. let the market work instead of trying to tell California, like, let, let's just apply our foreign policy to the states, you know, like instead of. Or, uh, as so you want to invade California? <laughs> no, no, I meant our libertarian foreign no, no, policy. Yeah, <laughs> not the current foreign policy. But if we applied our libertarian foreign policy to the states, and we we're just like, you know what? Just let people go where they want. Let people congregate with like-minded people. It would be a much more interesting project than trying to say like we need to bring this country together and save it. And that's one of the biggest transformations I've gone through. Like I, I used to be a minarchist, and I certainly used to believe in trying to save the united states but the last two years is just beaten into my brain like fuck it who cares like just <laughs> you know and, and it's yeah, kind of well, sad but i don't it, know it, i just it, don't care anymore it's it's the same thing i feel about the infighting though it's like if like if california has some sort of awakening and and there's some liberty oriented republican or some god willing libertarian were to get elected governor and it were to like totally shift things like that's great too, you know. Like I'm not, right. I'm not wishing ill on any of these blue states. I'm really not. I mean, I, I obviously I have a sentimental aspect in this because so many of my relatives that live there. Um, but even New York, I don't know anybody that lives there for the most part, and I still don't want those people to suffer, even if yeah. they voted this shit in. Like, um, but at the same time, I don't want to force my liberty-minded ideals on them. Like, if you want to live in a dystopic, technocratic hellhole okay just <laughs> fucking stop pushing it on me like let me have my little enclave of fucking freedom and liberty and and we'll be good um and then we can actually at the end of the day we can all reconcile our differing beliefs and our attempts at different governance and say well your shit sucks so maybe i was right you know like that'd be nice 
Uh, people are asking in the chat when you're moving to New Hampshire. So when when are you doing? Uh, end of May, beginning of June, sometime. I don't have a date set. Um, I already talked to my boss, told him I'm leaving, and I'm I got so many events and shit I'm going to in between now and then. I <laughs> I don't like. I, I, I'm taking next week off and then uh, I'm going to Washington, D.C. in the beginning of March. And then I'm going to try to go to the Colorado convention. And so I'm going all over the place and I'm just working. I'm basically yeah, working part time now. But um, are they offering yeah. you any speaking roles yet? Um, I'm going to speak in uh, the Utah like pre convention. We're having a what are we calling it? Like the the micro convention on the 26th of February, because everyone else is just having a, it's the same time you guys are having your convention, I think in Florida. Um, but everyone's like getting a lot of attention for the conventions, but no one has been nominated, you know, and no one knows who's running. Like you just show up and then you have to choose people. So what we're trying to do in Utah is do a pre-convention to get everyone excited and try to get people to actually decide to run for these positions. And then the uh, convention I think is in April in Utah then we'll actually, you know, choose our uh, our delegates and everything, and our you know people who are running for office. So um, I'll be speaking at both of those events probably. Um, aren't we doing something at Porkfest? Like I've never gotten a straight answer. Like I, I can't tell if Tower Gang's going to be doing something. Or... We we haven't we haven't set it up, man. I haven't even got my room yet. I got my ticket. That's about it. Um, but yeah, we can. I got buy a out... sleeping bag. We can both, you know, <laughs> be, be fine. we could we could buy out, uh, you know, one of the big. Uh, event places if we wanted to i honestly yeah. don't know i don't know if we could get enough people to fill it up so like that's this is all part of the exploratory uh nature of what we're doing it's it's so grassroots and so new um i certainly never would have thought that at the tom woods event like half the people there knew who we were so uh, right. i think that there's a chance that that'll be the same culture and the same environment at at uh at pork fest but i don't know so i don't really want to like book out a 200 seat room and then find out we can only get 50 people to come watch us so we'll see yeah it's so funny when i went there last year i i went with my dad just for two days and i told him there's probably going to be a couple people who know me here and i i was figuring like maybe 10 or 15 people and there was like i don't know 200 people who like <laughs> you know like I, I dude i walk into the um the office to get my ticket and the guy that i'm buying the ticket from is like are you reed coverdale i'm like yep I've been there like five minutes and then like two minutes later, another guy like, Hey, are you read? You know, I was just like, <laughs> it's crazy. So it's probably going to be like that when we're there. Oh, I, I would imagine, man, that to, for me, that was the first and only time I've ever had that experience was at Tom Woods 2000. And that was just unbelievable. Um, yeah. But it, I think I'm probably more well-known now, even than then. And by the time June rolls around, it could be really crazy. So I don't know. I like, I just love meeting people that, that, uh, you know, appreciate what we're doing. And, and yeah. I appreciate the fact that it's like white pilling and black pilling at the same time. It's like, wow, everyone's listening to me. This is great. And then it's like, wow, everyone's listening to me. Like, what is this world coming to? <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate, we appreciate it nonetheless. And, uh, honestly, I think that there's, there's something to be said, you know, not for our skill set as much as just our, our willingness to, to put ourselves in the line of fire. Like there is some danger to what we're doing, speaking out honestly about what we see in the world. Um, you, you've already seen it. They are, they are labeling uh, much of the, the support that's being given to the Canadian uh, convoy as terrorist potential activity. Uh, they're now doing the same thing when it comes to all sorts of activity 
uh, in so far as to say that misinformation online can be looked at as uh, potential domestic terrorist activity. This is fucking crazy, man. Like we are up against yeah. uh, a serious demon here. And, you know, I don't want to, I'm certainly not going to say that like I deserve to be known by so many people. Like it's, it's weird and it's awesome. Um, but at the same time, like I get it, you know, if I was, if I was just still in a corporate gig and I was like trying to, to keep my head down, but hope that the world would, would improve. And someone else was putting their, themselves in that position of, of, you know, uh, with your face, with your name out there, like yeah. it, there is something to that we're risking here. So I, you ever think about that? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, especially after I had Maria farmer on my show, I was mm. like, dang, I'm like, really, you know, she's exposing the FBI for lying <laughs> on my show. And yeah. you know, once you get into stuff like that, it is kind of weird. Uh, do you mind if I really quickly just talk about American trucker strike? Just what I think about that. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah. So um, I've gotten a little bit of flack on this uh, for this on Twitter, but um, I think like I, I'm a hundred percent behind what's going on in Canada because like we discussed, there's nowhere you can go. There's no Florida. There's no New Hampshire. There's no, right. you're just it's a fucked. national mandate. It's a yeah. national mandate. Uh, and they push them so hard. They had like police checkpoints, checking your papers when you went to work and, you know, can't fly domestically, can't buy a bus ticket. Like it's just Manhattan all over the whole country. So the when you have like a, a trucker strike, it's basically a revolution. Like the Ford plant in uh, Canada is shut down now because they don't have parts. There are, you know, the supply line is starting to get fucked up. The bridge from, uh, what is it, Detroit, like that's been shut down. Yeah. Like the, their supply line is fucked. Like, and it's a that's, big deal. That's a big deal. <laughs> so if, you, if people haven't seen the video of it, please go find it. It is unbelievable. Yeah. So there are a lot of people who see that and they're like, oh, why haven't we done that here yet? Like, let's let's get it going here. This would be great. Like, that's the wrong reaction to be like, wow, this is like, I mean, I get it. Like, I agree. Like, it's awesome. They're doing it. But right. you don't want a trucker strike. That's like watching a war and being like, wow, when can we do that here? It's like, yeah, it's inspiring to watch, but you don't want it to happen. And then the other thing is well, unless um, you're willing to take it all the way. Yeah, exactly. Like that's yeah. that's a <laughs> that's a serious undertaking. But right. when we have states that have such different restrictions all over the country, if we were to go on a literal national trucking strike and try to get every single truck to stop moving, um, you know, produce or medical supplies or whatever, people are going to die all across the United States. So people are going to run out of food. Hospitals are going to run out of supplies. Um, we're not just within a hundred miles. And the depression, of the depression will be. Yeah so enormous you have no yeah. idea what you're asking for yeah we have so many more people in the united states than in canada and we're spread out so much further i know canada is bigger but not the population spread they're all within 100 miles of the border we're all over the states so um my only advice is if we have some sort of protest which you know there's a difference between a protest and a national trucker strike like if we have some sort of protest I just want it to be very directed, you know, make the people who have done this to us uncomfortable. Don't starve the family in rural Idaho or in Florida or New Hampshire or whatever. Like if you want, if you have the ability to go on strike and travel to DC in this convoy that's supposedly happening. And by the way, I, 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 the, I wouldn't know this was happening if it weren't for social media. Like I don't hear stuff at the truck stops and stuff like no sure. one's talking about it, but it sounds like there's a convoy too that's going to fucking... happen in the beginning of March. So if, if they go to DC and they blow their horns until Biden like reverses whatever on the 
airplane mandates or whatever like that's fine but um i just like <laughs> i just want people to think strategically about our next move because they are rolling stuff back you don't want to give them an excuse to do something else stupid and yeah. then also the canadians were pushed hard enough where they did support the truckers you know not completely but a large chunk of canada was like this is so bad we will support you most people in the united states are pretty comfortable right now because most of these restrictions have been rolled back except for several cities so if you make them uncomfortable if it's not the government making them uncomfortable like i said earlier like that's great when the government's making people uncomfortable that's good because then they're skeptical about what's going on if the truckers start making them uncomfortable and the supply line starts drying up and people are dying in hospitals and shit that actually gives the perfect opportunity for the government to say you know these truck drivers are with all their private companies and you know, their lack of oversight and everything you know we need to step in because they've already been doing that with the supply chain biden has been trying to governmentally control it more um and that would just give them the perfect excuse to step in and do even more than they already are so i just wanted to explain that for people who might have been confused like if a trucker protest happens here in dc i will support it um i'm not sure it's going to be i don't think it would be as successful as what is happening in canada because there aren't these universal mandates to the same extent um but you know if it happens it happens cool i just do not want to see us do something stupid and cause like a you know a supply chain crisis and put people into starvation and you know economic depravity already more than they already are so i just wanted people but to you, be clear where so I you, you don't want to do what the government did to us for the past exactly. few years <laughs> yeah no i i mean of course i agree with you man and i and i appreciate that you clarified that i i already understood your perspective right. because i've already been thinking about this a lot and um i think you're totally right i mean it, if it were a federal level mandate it would be totally different. I would if be they had passed that shit and not thrown it out of the Supreme Court, you would have seen what's happening in Canada happening here, basically. Right. So and and I would have been all for it. And yep. and honestly, like if they want to still do some sort of strike, I think that doing it in DC, you know, where they they were to just yep. just siege it um, and and allow no no goods to go in there uh until they I would have supported lifted. that in 2019 if you wanted to do that you right know, right like... right but <laughs> yeah. but I'm saying I'm saying if they wanted to make it targeted for uh lifting the mask mandates um on flights and sure. and to I I would like to see them audit uh the Fed obviously but I, I no I was going to say um audit the the bailout funds that mm -hmm. were distributed um audit the the yeah. funding of gain of function research in Wuhan audit the you know just basically like jail fauci yeah like like actual yeah. studies on all this stuff to figure out what really happened because i think i have a good idea but i would like it to get the you know bullshit government stamp of approval like yeah we funded this thing and it ruined a whole lot of people's lives and mental health and we're gonna hold people to account like it it, it has to it has to happen man if we're ever going to get to a point of me having any semblance of trust in this government again, which I don't think you could ever get me to get there again. But <laughs> for the for the average person who has had their trust really damaged, um, I think that's what's necessary. I think you have to you have to get to the bottom of it. You can't have all of these like competing theories as as to what happened. Like you know how we kind of we got to the point of understanding that the WMDs were fake and that like yeah. We had the war in Iraq and yeah, it was totally unjustified and yeah, it was a war crime. 
Well, and yeah, the, we the didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, the real problem yeah. is that no one's no one's held to account, man. Like, yeah. and and I think that's probably what's going to happen here. And just as a as a still holding on to that little fragment of patriotism that I still have in me or nationalism, as an American, I would like for you to fucking do the right thing. You know, like give us some actual justice, give us some actual truth. And let allow us to believe that you aren't as evil as it seems so self-evident that you are. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's obviously I'm I'm asking for something that's very unlikely, but a lot of unlikely things happen, and you know it's possible. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, the honking will continue until Fauci is in jail. That could be our thing. Like, <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. That that yeah. sounds right up my alley. Anyways, uh, go ahead and tell people where they can follow you. Yeah, so a lot of you guys are not aware that I've been on audio platforms for the last hundred episodes, but I am. I'm on, uh, I, I distribute everything through Anchor. So I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and then a few other places. Uh, episode 200 is coming on Saturday. And after episode 200, I'm going to try to uh, distribute some more um, audio platforms. I'm also going to be upping my uh, show production value just because. I'm actually going to start trying to support myself with the show because I'm leaving trucking to get politically involved. I'm still going to try to drive part time because I've got to keep one foot in a blue collar world. If I'm going to represent these people, I can't just become a pencil pushing ivory tower dwelling retard. You know, I got to he's got to still go. That that hurts. I can't believe you would say that right to my face (laughs) as I sit in my ivory tower. (laughs) Yeah, you're literally in an ivory tower. (laughs) Oh, well. Um, but yeah, I'll, uh, I I do have a Patreon now. Um, but I'm going to be setting up a website where no one will be taking a cut and you can just, uh, contribute directly to me and then you'll be able to keep, uh, track of everything I'm doing there. I'm trying to just completely decouple from being dependent on Twitter and YouTube and all this stuff. Like I'm still going to use it because they're great platforms to reach people with. But I really want to get to the point where it doesn't matter if I get removed from somewhere. You'll still be able to find me, still be able to keep up with me. Uh, so, yeah, subscribe to me on YouTube, though, and Odyssey. Follow me on Twitter at Reed underscore Coverdale. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Locals, uh, Gab, uh, Float. I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, if you go to my Twitter, I've got a link tree and you can follow me everywhere there. Um, and then, yeah, episode 200 on um Saturday, that's going to be with the whole gang, Clint and all the Tower gang. We're going to be celebrating and hope I don't get banned off of YouTube forever. So check in <laughs> for think, that. <laughs> I think I think with the conversations we had about uh, re- the retribution we're interested in, uh, <laughs> this is probably more dangerous than the conversation we'll have on Saturday. I don't know. We're going to have, gonna have Cole, Cole on there, so yeah, you never know. Exactly. Like he's he's a he's a bomb, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, you'll be on uh, David Brady's show tomorrow, it says. So that's oh, yeah. to David. I'll be oh, on yeah. with uh, Eric Jackman. Um, and I, Oh, yeah. I'm also going on Chrissy Mayer's show next week. Um, I'll be on the radio on Saturday in New Hampshire. I'm not sure what radio station yet. I'll let you know. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what else comes down the pipe. Thanks for having me on, Clint. Absolutely, man. And uh, for my side of things, you can follow me on Twitter at Liberty Lockpod. And I have just got an email from one of the icons of AM Talk Radio, Mr. Michael Savage, inviting me on to discuss ESG with his audience. I am fucking 
thrilled beyond words. I know this this name may not mean a lot to uh, some of the younger people out there, but he was top three in the country as an AM radio host for like a decade plus. He's been doing it for 25 years, 30 years, something crazy. Um, and the guy's just awesome. He's got like the wow. best voice in the business. And and it's it's kind of like for me, it would be like going uh, for a conservative would be going on Rush Limbaugh. Michael Savage for me was like that. He was that guy. So um, I hope it happens. We're scheduling right now. So guys, I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted on that if it happens. Uh, other than that, like, comment, share, subscribe. Thank you for tuning in. We had over 50 live viewers and I didn't give any warning that this was happening. So I really appreciate you guys uh, supporting us and checking us out. Thank you guys. Catch you next time. If you listen to this double dip episode all the way through, that means you are a true Liberty Lockdown fanatic and probably just a huge fan of Liberty. And I really appreciate you. If you appreciate this show, I want to show my appreciation for you because you listen to a full two hours of recording of just talking about freedom. You sound like me. You sound like one of my people because I do that pretty much all day, every day. It, uh, it cheers me up. So I wanted to give people an opportunity to check out the Locals page as a supporting member for free if you go over to libertylockdown.locals.com and you use the code LOCKDOWN by the end of February. So you can use it from today up until the end of February. Use the code LOCKDOWN. You'll get 30 days free to see all of the uh, exclusive episodes, including the AMA that I did over there. It's just a it's a great little community that we got going. There's over 150 people that have signed up already. Really means the world to me that so many people are, are interested in supporting the show. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't done so yet, just use the code LOCKDOWN. You can get a month for free. Can't beat that. As some of you know, when I get a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I read it off. And we got three more. By the way, we are up to 343 five-star reviews. Crazy. <laughs> like, I'm blown away right now. Uh, Corey Too Cool says, great show, very entertaining. And we got The Screening Room 406 says, great show. I love this show because I love freedom. And I love you because I love freedom. And I love you because you love freedom. See, it just it works perfectly. And then last but not least, we got Expert Novice says five stars. Honk, honk. Since ESG scores are so nebulous, any company can be construed to, construed to be in violation of ESG. Therefore, ESG can be used to assassinate or control any company in the world. Bingo, sir or ma'am. You nailed it. That's exactly why I'm covering it. And I may do a follow-up on that episode. Uh, Michael Savage, actually, there is Booker invited me to come on, which will be crazy if it happens, should happen when I get back from Mexico, to explain EST to his audience. He is one of the top three AM radio hosts over the past 20 years, so that would be really cool if I get that opportunity to do so. I think it's one of the most misunderstood topics, and I think that I could shed some light and uh, open some eyeballs and earballs, because we need it, man. That's dangerous stuff. That is the uh, precursor to social credit scores and... Believe me when I tell you, that's what they would like to see happen. Before we get out of here, I just want to tell you about a charitable foundation. This is not a sponsor of the show, but rather a friend's organization that I just wanted you to be aware of. If you're interested, great. If not, don't sweat it. For Their Thoughts Foundation is a nonprofit for dementia awareness and family support. Their mission is providing guidance and financial relief to family caregivers while championing initiatives on how to alter the dementia and how it's perceived and addressed. FTTF also understands caring for a loved 
one with dementia is ever-changing as well as physically, emotionally, and financially demanding. There is nothing like watching a loved one die a little more every day knowing comfort and love is the only medicine you can administer. Which is why the Foundation's Care for the Caregivers Relief Program offers resources and financial aid to family caregivers through a one-time relief grant for self-care, respite, and caregiving expenses. For Their Thoughts invites you to their inaugural Care for Their Thoughts benefit on March 12th, where you will enjoy live music, interactive exhibits to understand what it's like to live with dementia, be the family caregiver, and care for your own brain health. The fundraising goal is 30K, and you'll walk away feeling empowered and confident that your attendance will bring relief to 30 family caregivers through 30 grants. Discounted early bird tickets are on sale now. Find them on Instagram at for there, that's T-H-E-I-R, thoughts, T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S, or go to their website at www.fortheirthoughts.org for tickets and information. This will be in San Diego, California. I think it might actually be in Oceanside more specifically. So if you're local there, if you are in my stomping ground, you can go meet some of my friends that are trying to make a difference in the world for those that are suffering with dementia and those that are the caregivers for those folks. It's a tough situation that I know a lot of people have gone through. And like I said, if you're too busy, if you're too sidetracked, if you're already, all your money's dedicated to try and help your family through the COVID hysteria, I get it. If you got a little extra to spare and you're in San Diego, maybe this is a good thing to check out. Love you guys. Uh, I will have Dustin Greenwood on again uh, in the next 24 hours, actually, to get me an update on whether or not they got cracked down on by Trudeau and also take me to the party zone, as he described it, party central at the main lockdown area, or excuse me, the main protest area in Ottawa. It's going to be interesting. Don't miss it. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown, please scan your barcode, your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold, where did it come from and where did it go, it requires a fight, not tweet from your phone, don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne, if you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home, the virus you're scared of will come and it'll go, the government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe, like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening, scared Hollywood left these lyrical feminine, a typo with Luke might bring the nooses, we all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses, freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit, knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copy the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic A rip for 59 Miles to ratio That black guns matter Now all these lefties Got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war But we're ready You know I be bopping And rock steady Liberty lockdown Please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone But yeah it's on hold Where did it come from And where did it go It requires a fight Not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king Get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought You've always got a home The virus you're scared of Will come and it'll go The government knows Just don't get treated like a hoe